With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A special counsel has been appointed to investigate Joe Biden's handling of classified documents after it was revealed... That uh, in his garage next to his Corvette was apparently a stack of classified documents from when he was vice president. So uh, that's rather shocking. And he was asked about this and he just said, oh, it's, it's locked in my garage next to my Corvette. And then everyone pulled up this old video where his garage is very flimsily secured, if at all, from a thin little garage door. And you can see just a big stack of boxes where people are assuming that's probably where it was. Well, according to all of the hit pieces we saw against Trump going back for the past several months, well, this means that Joe Biden has to forfeit his, his office because he had, had classified documents from when he wasn't president. But we'll see. A special counsel is being appointed, and I'm not convinced anything will actually happen. Unless you believe the conspiracy theories, they think this is how the Democrats actually get rid of Biden, bring in Kamala Harris, and then prepare for a better 2024 or something like that. We'll talk about that. Plus, we got some Twitter files revelations. Apparently, Twitter and, uh, uh, well... We'll talk about this. Democrats are being warned about fake Russian bots plus censorship. And we've got some special guests who are going to be uh, talking about censorship, which I think will be particularly interesting. And then I really want to talk about Illinois' gun ban because this one's fascinating. Illinois is banning assault weapons, as they describe it. But local sheriffs are saying they won't do it. And they're threatened, being threatened with removal from their jobs. So we'll get into all that. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member by clicking that Join Us button to help support our work as a member. You'll get access to our exclusive members-only segments of this show. We're going to have a members-only show coming up for you at about 11 p.m. tonight. Should be a whole lot of fun. And as a member, you're also supporting our cultural endeavors. This Saturday, I hope you join us in D.C. at Freedom Plaza, where I'll be skating. That's about it. I'll skate. Give away some boards because I got some boards in the back of the truck. And uh, you can have it. Just show up and have fun. We're going to assert ourselves in these cultural spaces. And with your support, we'll keep doing more things like that. So don't forget to smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Joining us today to talk about this and so much more is the Krasensteins. How's who's, it going, guys? Who's, who, which, one wants, which one wants to introduce yourself first? Yeah, so uh, I'm Brian. Uh, probably know us from Twitter. Um, we were the Trump reply guys, I guess a lot of people call us. Uh, but, but we've done a lot. Uh, we, we're obviously left left leaning um but I, I i think it's important to kind of communicate and talk to people you disagree with politically we created a podcast crass and cast uh dismantling division and we interview people that we disagree with and just talk about daily stuff and just try and get along and usually it works out sounds good i don't know ed did you want to add anything yeah um yeah crass and cast new you can follow us on youtube it's just crass and cast i want to give a shout out to my friend mike mansueto in Los Angeles or in San Diego. He's a huge fan of Timcast, so just cool, want to say right hi on. to Appreciate him. It, man. Uh, yeah, and glad to talk about whatever you want. Right on. Yeah, a lot of people are, are commenting, saying, like, you're the Trump derangement syndrome guys. You are, like, the most notable Trump reply guys. Like, any, anything Trump would say, you were always on top. Everyone always saw you guys. We were. Yep. Yeah, and a and lot then of they banned you. And I think it was BS. I thought I think they made up a fake reason to ban you guys. Well, so so I, I mean it. 
it's it's hard to tell if they actually thought we were doing what they said we were doing, which was buying our accounts and buying engagement. And uh, we proved to them that we weren't. We showed them the emails of when we when we purchased the accounts. Uh, we purchased the accounts, not purchased the accounts. When we signed, registered the <laughs> accounts, yeah. Freudian slip, I guess, no. <laughs> no, we didn't actually buy our accounts. And uh, it, it, it came at a time when Twitter was banning a lot of conservatives, of course. And I kind of felt like maybe they used us as an example. Uh, they looked for something. They, they maybe saw something and thought that we did actually buy our accounts. I don't know. I don't believe it. I think we'll talk about it though. We'll save yeah. it because there's, yeah, there's sure. a lot to talk about there, especially the Twitter files. So thanks for hanging out. This should be a lot of fun, actually. We got Luke. Yeah, thanks for coming. This should be a great conversation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but with the way that things are going, I think I'm going to be voting in uh, Brandon for the next upcoming presidential election. And that's why I'm wearing my Let's Go Brandon 2024 shirt. If you're with me, we could do this. I believe in you. We could just write in the name Brandon 2024. Uh, if you're with me, get the shirt on the best political shirts because you do. That's why I am here. Biden Thanks. Fetterman. Come on. What do you mean? Well, there's also Ligma Johnson, which is uh, which is also going to be a very serious contender. So there's a lot of very, uh, you know, These important nuts. people. These nuts. I mean, they're a lot better than the official choices. So I'm seriously <laughs> considering choices. them. You should, too. All right. I'm Ian's glad chilling. you guys are here. We had the, um, the Hodge twins earlier in the week. I don't I know if, if you know yeah. them personally. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to get the four of you in a room together. That would Let's be awesome. It. But for so long, I was like, oh, yeah, the, br the brothers twins on Twitter. And I thought it was all the same people. So I'm glad now I <laughs> put a face to the name and, and finally meet you guys. Welcome. I'm Ian Crossland. What's happening? And I'm Surge.com, as always. I was on uh, Pop Culture Crisis. I forgot to mention that after the show yesterday, oh, cool. but I was on it today. Anyways, let's get started. Let's jump into this first story from APNews.com. Garland appoints special counsel to investigate Biden docs. Attorney General Merrick Garland on Thursday appointed a special counsel to investigate the presence of classified documents found at President Joe Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, and at an unsecured office in Washington dating from his time as vice president. Robert Hur, a one-time U.S. attorney appointed by former President Donald Trump, will lead the investigation and plans to begin his work soon. His appointment marks the second time in a few months that Garland has appointed a special counsel, an extraordinary fact that reflects the Justice Department's efforts to independently conduct high-profile probes in an exceedingly heated political environment. Both of those investigations, the early one involving Trump and documents recovered from his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida, relate to the handling of classified information, though there are notable differences between those cases. I love how the media really, really wants to make sure everybody knows there's notable differences, but they don't ever quite bring up the fact that PolitiFact ran this story. Quote, the minute the president speaks about it to someone, he has the ability to declassify anything at any time without any process. Mostly true, reports PolitiFact. So if that's the case, what is the issue with uh, Donald Trump's documents? So, uh, well, I'm curious. I mean, we, I think everyone's heard our thoughts on this. I'm wondering what I, you guys think. You know, like, I don't think the issue, at least from what we see with the, with the search warrant, wasn't classification. I think the issue was the fact that he, A, obstructed the investigation, allegedly, and B, the Espionage Act, which says you can't have defense documents in your possession when the government needs them. So, so I, I, don't, think, I don't think that's what they're trying to get him on. Uh, Trump? Yeah, I don't think they're trying to get him on, on the classification issue. Maybe that changes, but from what I've read i i think they're going after him because he basically had government documents i think one of the big challenges with the trump thing is that we've heard from 
the Trump side of things and from early reports that they, they were cooperating, that they did let them come in and it was actually the FBI's own lock. So, so the FBI comes in and says, hey, you have these documents, just make sure you lock them up. And they're like, you got it, boss. Then the FBI comes back later, smashes the lock and takes the documents. Yeah, so, so what happened was, so January, he leaves office. In May, the National Archives is like, hey, listen, we believe you have documents. And I don't know if they gave him a list of documents they thought he had, but they said, you have documents, we'd like them back. And then it took seven more months Trump's lawyers, I think it was in December of 2021, said, okay, well, we, we found some documents. And in January, they said, here's 15 boxes of documents. And the following months, I think it was February of 2022, the National Archives comes back and says, we still didn't get all of them. We, you still have more. We need more documents. And they go back and forth, back and forth. And apparently, National Ar- Archives wasn't satisfied with how Trump's team was cooperating. So they got a grand jury subpoena in the spring, and then they went, they visited visited Mar-a-Lago, and Trump's team allowed them to search the basement, I believe, the basement storage room, and they came out there with more documents. And the lawyer signs signs a declaration saying, we've searched the entire place, no more documents are here. And it turns out there were more documents. There are more documents. There. But I, I suppose the issue is the president has plenary declassification powers. I mean, he, he, yeah. he, he, as the president, he is the end-all, be-all of what is classified or what isn't. Yeah, but, but you also got to look at, like, what's the damage to the country? So, like, is he taking compartmentalized documents that there's one copy of that somebody else in government now, maybe in the Biden administration, might need for whatever they're whatever they're working on, I, I, is it da- a danger to the country? And, and and we don't know. We don't know if that's the case or not. But I I, mean, I, I, I think that like to to figure that out will would be big to just understand the situation. I, I I can agree. I mean, if if there's like a single copy of it, and they're like, whoa, what happened to these files? Yeah. Would be really really bad. But that'd be really really bad outside of Trump just having them. Because what are we doing not having important copies? But that still doesn't answer the question of. The, the, so the, the, the reason the president can declassify anything instantly is because imagine he's negotiating with Vladimir Putin to like get out of yeah. Ukraine and then he has to go there and be like, well, you know, I would negotiate on troop positioning in Nate in, in, in Poland or whatever, but uh, it's classified. So I can't tell you about it. Like that, that makes no sense. He needs to literally be like, OK, here's where our our shipments and troops are going in. We'll take those out if you take this. Out. So he has to be able to do that. So this looks just overtly political. But even so outside of that. I can certainly understand an argument of like the greater good, like whether or not Trump has the power to do it. You know, maybe we should get those documents back, but then why pursue a criminal investigation? And then you get the media coming out and saying Trump is under criminal investigation, but Joe Biden is fa- his documents are facing a special counsel. Well, well, they didn't I, even say I, he's facing it. I, I think with Trump, though, I don't think he was under criminal investigation until he didn't turn over the documents at the National Archives. He doesn't have wanted. to. Well, he does if the government says they're their documents. No, but but if the like, president even has, to, even if they're the, not not classified, they, he still has to turn them over. If the National Archives says these are government documents, we need them back. They're not your personal documents. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
I, I suppose I can understand the argument you're making that the, they, they're property of, but if they, but that's 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 an argument where we'd have to actually look into determine whether or not he made copies of these documents. But my understanding was that he has copies of them as the president, and some of the documents were like his presidential briefings and stuff like that. Which, if if he can declassify, then he can have. But but at any rate, if that was the case, pursuing criminal charges because he's like, I disagree on whether you own this piece of paper is is kind of. It's kind of silly. Yeah, so you can't have copies of compartmentalized documents. So like classified documents, there could be multiple copies and several people could have them. But if they're compartmentalized, there's only usually one co one copy as far as I understand. So if he had that, he would have had to have taken it out of the compartment or wherever it's at and brought it back to Mar-a-Lago and then somebody else can't gain access to that. So it, there actually is only one copy as, as far as I know. Well, I guess we have to... Get, get into the, the what all of the documents are. Yeah, and, and, and when, when were the documents right? taken? If they were taken after he was no January twentieth, when he was leaving the White House, maybe he was no longer president when he took well, them. So you know, you you need that information. And, right? and I'm pretty sure they have copy machines in Washington D.C. <laughs> to be a little facetious here, uh, but more importantly, it's kind of convenient that the burden of proof is it's classified. We can't tell you, but there was only one of us, and we really, really needed it for what? <clears throat> We can't tell you. Yeah, yeah so, and we so won't ever know. Right? We, we, I, for me personally, I don't think we should give the burden of doubt to the DOJ that clearly is very political, especially when it came to what happened with Biden. They found Biden's documents on November 2nd, a week before the midterm elections. We're now hearing about it. I think this would have had an effect on the election. And th I think this is why the DOJ has been politicized, because this is one clear example of it. And, and when and not just that, ahead. it's uh, the vice president and Hillary Clinton in, in both uh, secretary of state. Separate instances do not have the power of declassification. Well, so, so Biden, the vice having president, does it. So there was a 2003 executive order by George Bush, I believe. I believe Obama had another executive office an order in 2009, which says the vice president and the president can both classify documents, and the vice president can declassify documents that he classified, and. Also, if he is deemed a super in a supervisory role over the agent who classified it, he can declassify it. So, I mean, if there are random documents, maybe he didn't have. The, it, de it depends what a supervisory role is, and I don't think there's really a clear definition of that. Is a vice president of the second in the executive branch a supervisor of you know an agent in the CIA? We don't know. Like I don't know. I think that's something that would have to be determined by a judge or you know. I do have this. I pulled it up. This is from the Washington Times. A March 2003 executive order signed by George W. Bush empowered the vice president to classify sensitive materials. That same executive order grants declassification powers to, quote, the official who authorized the original classification or a supervisor official. Under the executive order, vice presidents are granted the power to declassify documents they classified themselves. But it's unclear if the vice president would be viewed as a supervisory official with the ability to declassify sensitive documents from the CIA and other intelligence agencies. I just think it's really convenient that we got probably 300 articles arguing that Donald Trump would have to forfeit any office or that he was disqualified for having classified documents. Literally, not even the argument of, you know, compartmentalization. It was like if he had classified documents, he violated the Records Act or whatever. And then as soon as it happens with Joe Biden, then it happens twice, all of a sudden there's a debate over, well, you know, actually the vice president, the president can declassify things. It sounds like a cop-out. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think it kind of depends on intent, right? So, like, did Trump take them 
purposely out of out of the White House or wherever and keep store them at Mar-a-Lago. I, I think we know more of his intent just because of the fact that he refused to turn them over knowing that he had. Oh, no, I disagree. I mean, the documents were in boxes of random things like like briefings and Time magazine clippings. It, it really does sound like in both instances of Biden and Trump, they had boxes of paperwork. They just carried out, not realizing what was in it. Yeah, I, I, I think until we see more information, you have to assume that he didn't he didn't intentionally do it, right? Neither of them intentionally did it, unless you have, you know, witness, witnesses that saw him or heard him say, you know, no, we have to keep these. We don't want to turn them over to the National Archives because they're mine. I believe they're mine. The government shouldn't have a right to take them. So, so I think we have to hear the information that comes out. We have to see the evidence and... I guess we're, we'll eventually see that. I don't know how long it's going to take. I'd like to repeal this executive order in the meantime. George Bush gave Dick Cheney way too much power. He let him run the war, basically. Let him put his Halliburton company in Iraq to make all this money. And this stupid, stupid rule that he gave the vice president with no command authority, the ability to classify and declassify info is insane. Yeah, well, that Dick Cheney was pretty much the president. Uh, <laughs> he's pretty much calling the shots here. Let's, let's just be real here. But the little that we know about these classified documents, and I don't think we're going to learn more about them because the DOJ clearly is very political. They clearly have a side here. So I don't see them releasing any kind of more information here. I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm always skeptical. But the few things that we do know is that they were, they were related to Ukraine, to Iran. Iran and the United Kingdom. So these were specific documents dealing with uh, intelligence, foreign services, what's happening internationally. So I, I think with, with that context, especially with, with, with where they were located at a think tank that's connected to Chinese money, there is some possible questions here about what information was shared, who got it, especially with the big business ties between Ukraine and the Bidens the Chinese government and the Bidens. I think there's a lot more room for a lot more corruption here, uh, especially with, you know, Biden being a, a career politician rather than Donald Trump, who's kind of been obfuscated away from politics and kind of pushed away from everybody. That's my initial kind of reaction. What do you guys think? I, I think that I definitely agree. I think there should be a special counsel and there should be an investigation. So I, I, I think they're handling both both Trump and Biden in the correct way. Special counsels. Uh, I mean, you can say that the DOJ is politicized, but it's a it's an independent special counsel being appointed. I think he was actually a, appointed by Trump, uh, this her guy. Uh, I think the attorney general that's uh, overseeing it in um, in one of the jurisdictions was appointed by Trump. But I don't know about the special counsel guy, to be honest. I think her I think her was a, a Trump nominee or Trump appointment. I don't know. I guess it's what's an the name? Her Robert Her. Yeah. So, so like, like I, I think that. I think we just got to wait and see. And and I, I hope they investigate Biden just as rigorously as they they're investigating Trump. And we figure this out. I, I don't think I don't think many Democrats disagree that that we should figure out all the facts behind this. And it could be good. It could be bad. Whatever it is, I think it's important we know, right? I think at this point, Democrats are probably excited for the prospect of getting rid of Biden and getting some. I heard that one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've heard people saying that basically it's like, here's how you get rid of the guy, because because apparently He's planning on running again. He's already campaigning. And it's like he's in a weak position. If it ends up being DeSantis against Biden, I don't think Biden wins. Yeah. I, I, I agree that he's probably too old to run for a second term. I, I, would, I would love for the Democrats to nominate somebody that's younger. Um, I, I think that if it was Trump-Biden, I think Biden would win. I think if it was DeSantis-Biden, I think Biden's going to have a difficult time. Who would you guys vote for, uh, DeSantis or Biden? It's still Biden. Biden. Okay. Why, though? Just because I, I, 
I agree more with his views than the whole <laughs> view. Well, I, I can certainly understand from like, especially the, the culture war and all that stuff. But uh, w- what has Biden done or what are his views that you think are, are, are good or that are worth giving a second term to? I, I think he's done a lot, a lot of good. Uh, I, I think that, uh, I mean, I could name several things. I think the CHIPS Act, which brought manufacturing of computer chips back to the United States. I think that's great for manufacturing here, but also great for, uh, I think, our national security. Uh, the PACT Act with the burn pit thing, which he signed into law. Um, the uh, the cap on senior uh, prescription drug costs at $2,000. I think that's great. I think there's a lot of old people in the United States who aren't even buying drugs that they need because of the expenses. And, and I I. I I love the fact that he signed that new law. A, a, a lot of these things, I think, you know, before the show, we were talking about how uh, we had Destiny on. What's his name? Steve? Steve Benelli. Benelli? Yeah, Steve Benelli. I thought it was Bonnell. Isn't it Bonnell? Bonnell? I thought there was an eye. I don't know. Right, let Maybe me there's an check. eye. But, uh, you know, I was saying, like, obviously, on, on a lot of core issues like healthcare, you know, uh, rights of the workers, bringing jobs back, bringing chip manufacturing, like, we're going to, that, that's a good one, by the way. Oh, I it's, think, it's Stephen Bonnell the second. So I thought that was yeah. an eye. Sorry, Steve. There you go. I was like, I was, wait, what is an eye in there? But uh, one, of, one of the issues I take, uh, the most important thing, foreign policy. For me, I, I often go off on, on foreign policy. Like we had uh, Alad Eliyahu, he's, he's a reporter for us. And then we got into a yelling match because he's like, he called himself jokingly the ne- resident neocon. Because he was saying like, we should be at war in, in these countries. We should be stopping communism. We should be, it, it should be a unipolar world where the U.S. is in control. And my attitude is kind of like, okay, I get that. I understand why you'd argue that. But I'm, I'm pretty much against U.S. intervention in all these countries, effectively invading countries to remove their government and their cultures and impose our own will and stuff like that. So when it comes to Joe Biden, you know, I've seen what Joe Biden did in, 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 when he was vice president. And it was, I, I, I think corruption is an understatement, right? As soon as he gets, he gets put in charge of the war in Iraq, his brother gets lucrative contracts. We see the expansion of the wars in the Middle East under the Obama administration. We see the, the drone killings of children, which, okay, fine, that's, you know, that's on Barack Obama, like the killing of Abdulrahman al-Awlaki, but also other American citizens like Anwar al-Awlaki. Under Donald Trump, we certainly had some bad things. There's a, a commando raid in Yemen, which the people there claim killed an eight-year-old American girl. It's a bad claim. It's not the same thing as what we know that Obama did kill Abdulrahman Alalaki. But then Trump tries negotiating peace with North Korea, actually walking through the DMZ into North Korea with no security detail. He gets us the Abraham Accords. He gets, you know, uh, pulling our troops out of Syria, at least as much as he could, without the U.S. military actually lying to him and us about how, how many troops we had there, setting a timeline for Afghanistan withdrawal. So those things for me are extremely important. And I can certainly understand, you know, you mentioned those domestic policies, but I'm curious your thoughts on that regard. I mean, when it comes to war, Joe Biden is, in, def- in my opinion, indefensible. Yeah, I, I mean, you bring up some good points about international policy. And, and I, I tend to focus more on national stuff, stuff that's happening in our country. I'm, I'm pretty much against war, too. So, I, I mean, it's hard to argue with some of that stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, how many wars are we in right now? Oh, man. How we many? don't even know about them. Yeah, the drone <laughs> war. A lot of them are clandestine. A lot of them are secret. But, and that's because of Donald Trump. A lot of that's well, a lot well, of the drone wars. Well, there's the no, proxy, no, there's no. The proxy he war. He signed these drone wars into well, secrecy. So the no, no, no. I, 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 I want to expand on that because there's the proxy war in Ukraine. There's also expanded operations right now in Africa. There's limited operations in Syria. Uh, very limited uh, covert ops in Libya. 
Um, always a troop presence in um, Iraq still with uh, fighting between the Sunni Shiites and the Iranians also getting involved there. Um, a couple of years ago, we were bombing uh, places in the Philippines. I don't know if we're still doing that now. A lot of this, again, is covert. So we moved from overt war to, of course, a lot of clandestine war, limited war. The Henry, we kind of implemented the Henry Kissinger doctrine. And to answer your question, uh, there's probably a lot more wars that we're involved in than we actually know about. Yeah, and I and I I just mean official wars. We got out of Afghanistan, of course, but no. I, and and I'm anti-interventionist. I, I don't think we should be dabbling in all these countries. I I don't have a a negative opinion on us helping Ukraine, though. I I think that given given what's happening over there, I think we do need to help them, just so that Russia's aggression doesn't spread throughout the rest of Europe. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I hate to see us supplying weapons that are killing people, but at the same time, I fear more what Russia would do if they went unchecked. Well, how do you feel about U.S.'s direct involvement in Ukraine with our special right. forces on the ground? I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. Well, that's happening right now. And also Ukrainian soldiers are being sent to Oklahoma in order to get specific American training. I also forgot one very important war, and that's the war in Yemen, which is still continuing yeah. right now. It's a larger proxy war between the United States and Saudi Arabian coalition, which is creating one of the worst humanitarian crises in the world right now. I think these issues do matter. And, and I think not a lot of people take them seriously because they happen outside of the United States. But I definitely think we definitely need more of a conversation about this because the war in Ukraine, it's, it's, it's a very very dangerous situation. And I understand that, you know, a, a lot of people are vying for influence or vying for territory or vying for power. But I think it's clearer than ever, if you guys agree or disagree, that the United States and other Western powers like the United Kingdom have prevented peace deals, have prevented a stop to this larger pro uh, proxy conflict and have prolonged it and are prolonging it by giving more weapons to it, making sure that it won't, it won't stop anytime soon, which I think is tragic for the people of Ukraine, tragic for the people in Europe, and also tragic for everyone else in the world, as of course, this larger proxy war is also creating a humanitarian crisis when it comes to energy resources, fertilizer, and affecting some of the poorest people uh, in the world. Yeah, but a, a peace deal between Russia and Ukraine would require Ukraine to give Russia something that they didn't have before the war started, right? And, and uh, I mean, when it comes to peace deals and the negotiations, every side uh, has to give something up. So Russia would give something up, Ukraine would give something up. I mean, we, we reached the point where even Henry Kissinger, uh, an absolute war criminal, the butcher of Cambodia is coming out publicly saying, guys, this is getting out of hand. We need a peace deal here. Yeah, but so when, when it comes to negotiations, uh, both, of, both of the parties are going to have to concede on something. But it's, it's hard to say, okay, you know, Russia is, should gain for invading Ukraine. Like, so if they agree to a peace deal now, what's to stop them from two months later saying we're invading again and we're going to inch farther and we want another peace deal and we're going to do the same thing another two, you know, like. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you give, if you give Russia something... They're going to be like, we can get something, and they're I going mean, to know they can get something. 
Well, that's okay. that's what they would be saying on the other side too. This is the perpetual yeah, kind of prolonging it's Ukraine other giving up their land. Not I always. I, I, that's, I actually, that, that's one potential stipulation. But the first original peace deal that was actually sabotaged by the West was that uh, Russia go back to its original territories before uh, the war uh, started, and then we had Boris Johnson come to Ukraine and said, "No way, you're agreeing to this specific peace deal." So, what are the parameters? I mean, you're you're bringing up one parameter. If that's on the negotiation table, it at least should be negotiated. But we're even prevented from coming to the table and negotiating, which I think is absolutely crazy, and rooting for more war when there's so many things at stake here, when there's so many innocent lives being lost here, is just absolutely crazy, in my opinion. And, and this is my answer. You know, you were mentioning like you, you concern more about domestic policy, and I can I completely understand yeah. that. But how how many years was it where flint pipes were not fixed, and these kids are getting you know there's like legionnaires yeah. in the older population, lead and other contaminants, and now we're learning in a bunch of different cities across this country. So that's why when when AOC first announced the Green New Deal, when it was very, very rudimentary, when it was just like this idea of we're going to rebuild infrastructure and massively invest in renewable energies, I was 100% on board. I was like, this sounds amazing. Then she puts out this document where it's like, once we do away with air transport and farting cows, which I understand was a joke, but I was just like, I don't understand what free, co- free college for people of color has to do with fixing pipes in places like Flint. And the response I got from people, a lot of people on the left was, well, it's all tied to the same problem. And I'm like, no, no, it literally isn't. Kids are drinking lead. And instead of spending the, the you know, what is it, $30 million or however much it was going to cost to fix these pipes, we're blowing up people in foreign countries. And I think the reason we're doing it is because the U.S. will do anything to maintain the petrodollar, that the, that the, the world reserve currency will stay the U.S. dollar. So we give money away to Pakistan for gender studies programs because it means they'll spend it, because it means everyone will maintain confidence. So we neglect the things that are actually going on here at home. They throw crumbs out. Meanwhile, the southern border is completely just shattered. And you've got this, you've got people and children dying in the river, crawling through the desert. They ignore those issues. It feels like they're just offering up whatever they can to keep people placated while they actually siphon away the resources from the people in this country for the issues of blowing people up overseas. And more importantly, when it comes to Ukraine, my view of Ukraine is, to go back to what you were saying about Ukraine, we have to give something up. I don't, I don't actually view it that way. And this is kind of a hard thing to say because I have Ukrainian friends and it's really difficult to talk to them about this. But Ukraine wouldn't be giving up anything because there is no Ukraine. There's a proxy land between Russia and the United States. It's been there since the fall of the Soviet Union. And the US and Russia, or I should say NATO and Russia, have been playing dirty games in that territory. Russia regrets giving it up with the fall of the Soviet Union. They think it was a mistake. They need Crimea as a warm water port, access to the Black Sea, to the Suez, Mediterranean, et cetera, et cetera. And they're mad that happened. So they want to take that first. Then they're running the risk because they only have that bridge. So they want a land bridge. That's why they want the Donbass region. The United States, of course, is doing influence operations through USAID and other organizations in Ukraine to gain influence. You end up in 2014. I'm actually there. I'm interviewing people about this. Yes, Many of the Ukrainians outright are like, we would rather be with the EU than Russia because we remember the Soviet Union and it was bad. But then the president gets removed, flees to Russia. You get Zelensky instead. You get the whole fiasco with Burisma, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden and all of that corruption. And then I look at it like you've got Burisma, an energy company. Surprise, surprise. Gazprom has effectively a monopoly in, in, in Europe. 
it's, it's Russia's monopoly through Gazprom, through Ukraine. The U.S. starts putting its, its resources and assets into Ukraine in the energy sector, notably Hunter Biden, as well as a former CIA director or something working at Burisma. A prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, is then investigating Mykola Zlachevsky, the founder of this company, for corruption. I think 12 to 14 different investigations. Joe Biden then flies there, says, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the billion dollars, which is an illegal quid pro quo. I'm not saying he did it to protect his son, but his son did work for the company, did make money from that. The investigations were happening and it was illegal for him to do everything together. And I'm just like, you know what I see? I see a guy, Joe Biden, who, when he was the vice president, was placed in charge of the war in Iraq. And then immediately his brother got lucrative multi-million dollar contracts to build housing and other buildings and other construction in that country. Surprise, surprise. A Politico wrote an article called Biden Inc., where they go over all of the lucrative deals the Biden family has just fallen into in relation to the position of Joe Biden. So now we're looking at Ukraine. Joe Biden's dumping a hundred plus billion dollars, just constantly saying, give more money, give more money, give more money. Zelensky is refusing to negotiate and saying, we will not surrender. By the way, U.S., give us more money. And I'm sitting here being like, can we fix our border? Can we fix the pipes? Can we make sure these kids are getting clean drinking water? Can we stop blowing up people overseas? My view of this whole thing is that you've got a corrupt parasite class like Joe Biden, and, and not just him, but many of the Republicans as well. And they just seek to extract as much as po- possible for themselves. And I think what they're probably doing at this point is transferring their resources to like Panama, because we learned that from the Panama Papers, so they can put it in holding so that when the U.S. finally implodes because they've extracted everything they can, they're going to send it over to China, where state capitalism will favor them. Long story short. It's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, so I, I mean, I, I I don't disagree that we shouldn't that we should be concentrating more on America and, and what's happening in this country. Um, a lot of the, your Joe Biden stuff, I disagree with. I, I think that Victor Shokin was pretty much wanted to be the whole Western world. Our allies all wanted him ousted because he was a corrupt prosecutor and he wasn't actually prosecuting people. He should have been prosecuting. But like who? <clears throat> I, I mean, if think, we're talking about corrupted look, politicians was, in Ukraine, there's all there, Ukraine right. is known for corrupt right. politicians. But, you know, but, is, but listen, sorry, these guys had a no, I, I, to, to address that. I can agree, right? The, the West did want Viktor Shokin out. That was the policy. The issue is that when Viktor Shokin got ousted, Mykola Zlachevsky, this is what Biden said. He said he wasn't prosecuting the guy. He wasn't going after him. So we got rid of him. They bring in a new guy and Zlachevsky returns. So, so the, the, uh, I think it was London froze uh, uh, Zlachevsky's assets. Viktor Shokin gets removed by Biden. Zlachevsky immediately returns to Ukraine to, to resume his work. And then when Trump gets in and starts poking around, Zlachevsky flees the country again. So it, I, I'm just I'm not going to believe this argument that, well, we really wanted him out when removing him actually helped the guy that was supposedly the corrupt guy in the first place. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense at all. I, I mean, you can you can come up, you can say, you know, Hunter Biden was working in Ukraine. It's corrupt. He was feeding money back to Joe Biden. I mean, you could say well, I'm that. I'm not even but, saying any of that. But, but, but I mean, I mean, people do, right? Right. But my but, point is, you've got a CIA director. You've got Hunter yeah. Biden. CIA director's name, by the way, is Joseph Kofer Black. He was on the board, right? Yeah, they put him on the board. And so it's, it's like, look, man, here, I'll tell you what I think. I don't think in this instance... Uh, that it's overtly like Joe Biden's getting 10% for the big guy with his son. I think it's that Europe didn't want to pay exorbitant prices for natural gas, but Russia's got them by the balls. The U.S. wanted to build a pipeline through Syria and Turkey called the Qatar Turkey Pipeline. Syria said our ally Russia would be mad at us if we let you do that, so we won't. 
surprise, surprise, we get lucky and a civil war erupts in Syria, which is going to basically grant us access. Russia, of course, has their base in Tartus, creating all sorts of conflict. I think the U.S. wants to get cheaper energy into Europe. They want to strengthen the European Union with more energy, with, with more economic development, because they want a stronger bloc to compete with China. In a certain sense, I'm not necessarily trusting all of, of all of the elites. I, think I mean, I agree are, with you there. I think that's, that's part of the U.S. It's a, plan, it's, yeah. Right, it's a big component. And when Syria was, was not willing to abide by uh, these, these, uh, you know, these, uh, this offer, I suppose, let's just call it convenient that there's a massive destabilization and the West is, of course, against Bashar, uh, Bashar al-Assad. Then when it comes to the fact that Gazprom runs, I think, 20% of natural gas through Ukraine, the U.S., all of a sudden has this interest in getting rid of a corrupt prosecutor who happens to have like 12 to 14 investigations into the founder of an energy company where Joe Biden's son and a CIA director are currently on the board. I think the U.S. is trying to gain control of energy. Makes a lot of sense. Russia's competing with them. They're using Ukraine as a proxy. I get it, man. You know, it's tough because I don't, I don't want the U.S. to falter. I don't want China to rise and take over. And then we have Chinese state communism. But I also take a look at Joe Biden flying Hunter to China on, on Air Force Two for private equity deals. And I'm just like, I don't trust them at all on any of this. Yeah, like, like I mean, I understand that. And I definitely think you, what you said is correct, that the U.S. has a lot of interest in keeping the U.S. dollar value up. Because without it being up, we can lose ground to China and our other adversaries. But... The, the whole, like, you know, I think they're right as quick to push this, this Joe Biden, Hunter Biden corruption thing. Like the 10% for the big guy, that yeah. deal, right? <clears throat> that deal never took place. That deal never actually went through. And Joe was a private citizen at the time. That, that email was Who sent. in a subsequent email said, I, I don't want anything to do with this. I mean, like, so, so, Joe so, also I mean, lied about his involvement repeatedly. Yeah, he, he lied. He, well, he either lied or he... he Things were kind of uh, I mean, went over. So, so he said that he never talked to his son about any of his business deals. And then there's pictures and, of him with his son and yeah, his but, buddies. Well, and, but that, or, doesn't, yeah. he, that doesn't mean he had a business conversation with him. Maybe he went to they lunch. They shared bank he, accounts. Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm saying with this with this guy. No, I know, I know. But like, yeah, they, they share bank. They, and emails and texts and, and phone numbers. So it's just like, come on, man. Yeah, I, I mean, but that, so, then so, all the, all so the, you can jump to these conclusions that, yeah, since he said 10% for a big guy, he was dealing other deals, you know, since he got the, since he said Shokin should get fired, it was because Hunter was working for Burisma. And maybe that's the reason why, you know, there should be more, less children of presidents working in other countries. I mean, you could say there are plenty of instances with Kushner and Ivanka and I mean, what about the, the 666 Fifth Avenue deal in New York when Kushner couldn't get anybody to give him a lease and Qatar comes along right when Saudi Arabia is blockading Qatar and then Trump lifts the blockade as soon as Kushner gets the $1.4 billion. So, I mean, I, I, but there's no evidence that it's there two are linked, but you could definitely come sure. up with ideas that there's corruption going on, right? I mean, I, I think the, the issue is, as it pertains to Biden or Trump, a fair point is, yeah, it's always a pick your poison, right? Donald Trump, uh, I, I don't know exactly how this goes down. And, and, and again, a lot of this requires speculation, but I think there's a State Department website advertising Trump Doral or something like that. I don't know if you guys remember that. No. no. There, yeah, it was like a, a State Department website was like, stay at Trump Resorts or something. And, and people were like, yo, what the is going on? Like, you shouldn't be doing that. Trump wanted to have, I think, the G7 at Trump Doral yeah. in Florida. Oh, yeah. And then he got backlash and was like, no. I certainly think you see a lot of this kind of stuff. But I think when it came to Donald Trump, there was actually 
dis despite much of his shortcomings, which I certainly think there are many of, crossing into North Korea, that was really big for me. Crossing the DMZ. The Abraham Accords, I think, were really, really big. I certainly think there are questions. I think anybody who comes out and says that there's no, like, that, like, Trump or any, anybody who, who says, like, oh, the Bidens weren't really doing this or the Trumps weren't really doing this, I'm going to be like, dude, everybody's always going to be thinking about themselves to a certain degree. Yeah. So my issue is, after assessing all of the details, I take a look at the Biden family and Biden Inc., as Politico magazine called it. I take a look at the history of this guy, his plagiarism and the fortunes his families have tracked along with his positions in government. And it's just like, OK, this guy is just literally extracting from us. Donald Trump lost money becoming president. Like his net worth has dropped. He's lost millions of dollars. His tax returns actually well, showed on that he's paper. Been, right. But you don't know. He could have foreign business deals that are being taxed in other countries. His social capital is off the, off the charts right yeah. now as well. I like mean, the, is the it? Of, he, he was, a, he was a celebrity. He made $5 million at the NFTs. There's amazing NFTs. Yeah, they, yeah, they were really funny. I mean, Cowboy Trump. <laughs> get a Cowboy Trump, get an astronaut Trump. Did he get one? I did not get yeah. one. I would not buy an NFT. 100 no, bucks not. each? Is that what they were? 100 bucks each. Something yeah. And, and he sold and, them all within like that a 20 like, minutes or so an hour. And that was like, you know, I don't know, man. I think he dropped in the predicted market by like 10 cents when he did that because it was like, what I are you follow doing? that too. Yeah. <laughs> I posted a picture of one of his uh, one of his supporters rotting in jail and him looking through the cell, and be like, hey, you guys want to buy some <laughs> NFTs? So, uh, I, I mean, uh, talking about foreign policy here a little bit, there's corruption on both sides. I mean, Jared Kushner was negotiating better weapons deals for Saudi Arabia. All right, that's a lot of corruption there. With with North Korea, John Bolton sabotaged any possibilities of peace talks by comparing North Korea, saying that they're going into the Libyan model of foreign policy. But again, uh, we could always compare the two, but I, I, th I think it's fair to say that um, the, the Biden uh, presidency has a lot more room for corruption because he's a career politician. He's been in office. He knows everyone. He knows all the diplomats. He knows all the bureaucrats. He has a lot more finagling room to do a lot of really bad stuff. And from the beginning of his political career, he has been known as a man of the lobbyist. He has been giving a lot of special interest groups a lot of what they wanted, uh, specifically the military industrial complex, specifically big pharma, specifically a, a lot of the bigger agencies that are now coming in through the bigger problems that he caused, and especially in Afghanistan. China, huge winner out of all of that. They're, they're gaining all the national resources uh, from Afghanistan. When, with Ukraine, BlackRock is getting all the lucrative contracts to rebuild that entire country after we spent so much money bombing the crap out of it uh, and, and causing so much chaos. Um, this is why I think it's important to look at not just Trump, but Biden, but any person in power in a very critical light and criticize them to the highest degree. But do you guys agree or disagree with I, me I, when it I comes to saying... Get rid of the lobbyists. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but do you guys agree that, that Biden has more of a more room to be corrupted than Trump who hasn't been in politics that long. I, I, I think that one of the appeals of Trump in 2016 was that he wasn't connected to lobbyists. And, and I can see that as an appeal. But I don't know if that necessarily means that he's not going to be looking out for himself and his businesses. I, I think owning a bunch of businesses around the world and having those businesses profit whether it's financially or from from a standpoint of getting name recognition for those businesses i i think that that can lead to just as much corruption um so i i, I don't know i i think it's definitely a problem in politics I, I think that a lot of people in politics are selfish and they're out for themselves rather than out for the country i i think that 
money in politics is one of the reasons it's like that. I, I'd like to see super PACs go away, and I'd like to see money come out of politics. What is what? what oh, go ahead. Oh, the whole the Trump Biden conversation is like cat poop or dog poop. What do you want? I'm like I'm not hungry, man. This is why I don't like any of them personally. Well, I'm like none of them. I don't want. No, I don't I, want. I don't I, want the dog crap. What, I don't want the poop crap. I don't, I don't, one thing that bothers me is when I don't when, view it that way. I I I disagree. I, I I think Biden is like a moldy sandwich where you're like I know it's bad and you shouldn't eat it, and Trump is like, well, look, man, it's it's not the healthiest thing in the world for you, but it's food. I agree. Just vice yeah, flip it. Like, I, I would feel but the like, same way. Yeah. Biden's got a track record of all this really awful stuff, and Trump's just a nasty guy. I, I don't I don't know if I like, agree with you, that. You, you look at the economic numbers under Trump, and it was it was massive success up until COVID. Yeah, but but then Biden took over after COVID, and and has and wages dropped dramatically, and inflation and, uh, skyrocketed. Unemployment rate is down. Inflation's finally leveling off. You're going to have inflation. I mean, the whole supply, supply chain. chain, supply and demand. When the supply chain gets cut off because of all the COVID stuff, supply falls, the price goes up. Wait, wait, do, 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 you, do you guys think we have a positive economic outlook moving forward from here? I'm well, more positive right now than I was, say, like three or four months ago. I, I think that inflation's coming down. I, I think a lot relies on the Fed, and the Fed's gonna <coughs> gonna keep raising rates until they think inflation's kind of been halted. Uh, and and I think we're hitting a point, I think today's numbers were decent, uh, the CPI numbers. I, I think we're hitting a point where the Fed's gonna start not raising as quickly. And I think that's positive. I think we could hit a mild recession sometime in the next six or eight months. But ultimately, I don't think we're bad compared to the rest of the developed world. I think the United States is doing quite quite remarkable compared to some of these other countries. I, let, let me, I was just gonna say, Actually, I forget what I was going to say. Well, I was yeah, just, just going to oh, say oh, the market's rigged, the wait, numbers wait, wait. are rigged, and if you go to the supermarket, inflation is not stagnating. It is hitting hard a lot of Americans, and a lot of people are dealing with record high energy prices, record high food prices, and the real inflation that the average American deals with, especially in the poor and middle class, is absolutely astronomical compared to everyone else. In, in, inflation, well, I just want to say inflation from November to December has stagnated, according to the CPI data. So I, I believe it was it went up, what was it, 0.3%. But it, when you take out oil and uh, vo volatile foods, it's actually down, I think, 0.1%. So it's, we're actually in deflationary when well, you take those out. Not necessarily. It still means the year-on-year -year record is like... Yeah, but year-on-year year year can't, can't fall unless we have deflation. It can't fall significantly unless we have deflation, which would be bad for the economy. So let, let me ask you, do you, uh, how would you... I'm going to ask you this question. How do you rate the condition of the national economy right now? Very bad, fairly bad, fairly good, or very good? Somewhere between fairly good and and what was the second one? Slightly bad. Fairly, fairly bad. bad. Yeah. yeah, I'd say the same. So according to Civics right now, with 808,000 responses over the past eight years, if you take a look at the latest uh, developments from May of last year, 50% reported very bad. Currently, 40% say very bad, 28% say fairly bad, 26% say fairly good, 2% say very good. Only 2% say very good. Now, what do you think is going to happen if I sort this by political affiliation? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think, I think that, we all know. <laughs> I think everybody knows. So I'll start with independent. Among independent voters, 44% say very bad. 30% say fairly bad and 20% say fairly good. So it's actually worse than all combined. Now, Republican, I think, is obvious. There we go. 70% says very bad. 25% fairly bad. Among Democrats, 50% say fairly good. Now, how can that be? That, that to me, makes absolutely no sense when we're looking at $7 cabbage and $9 eggs. Yeah, no, I, I don't believe it. I, I agree. I, I think inflation's horrible. I think inflation has definitely impacted things. I, I think that it was unavoidable given not not just Biden's stimulus and when he came into office, I think he did like a $1.2 trillion stimulus. Trump gave $3 trillion in stimulus or something like that as he headed uh-huh. out of the door. Uh, and it's the Fed. The Fed kept rates low for 20 years. That's just adding adding all of this excess demand to the economy. And now they have to pull back. And when they pull back, it's going to cost us jobs. So I, I, I think that, yes, inflation's bad. I think if you take the United States economy, compare it to Europe, to Japan, uh, to China even, I, I think we're doing remarkably better. And I, I think that's you got to compare it because the situation we're in after COVID, I think it, it the lockdowns affected things, the supply chain disrupt, disruptions affected things, uh, oil shocks from Russia, that affected things. I, I think that overall we're doing decent compared to the rest of the world. I, I do Very think, good at compared to the best. I do think people uh, need to recognize Donald Trump was the president when we were doing a lot of this inflationary policy stuff during COVID, like a lot of the stimulus stuff that was going yeah, on. Yeah, but I, like, I, I don't blame him. I, I don't I, think I, it was- I think, I think Biden's last stimulus was probably too much. But also at the time, I don't think we realized that COVID was going to subside. We were going to get Omicron and, you know, it wasn't going to be as bad of a strain. And things started coming back a lot faster than we expected. I think going back, I would say he shouldn't have done that last stimulus. I think that probably would have helped inflation somewhat. I don't think, I honestly don't think it would have done more than maybe half a Half a percentage point. Were you guys in favor of Donald Trump giving out two thousand dollars checks? Yeah. Was that that, that yeah. was a policy you guys yeah. agreed with? Let's I didn't. Uh, I was like, "What are you doing? Are you crazy?" Uh, yeah, probably. It was like a UBI. Personally, myself, based on my principles and but values, like, I was like, "I was like, that's a, that's a little bit too much for me." And I think just spending money and printing money out of thin air has brought us to this very irresponsible place where we are what thirty four trillion dollars in debt. Yeah. That's not something that's feasible. That's not something we could get out of. That's something that our children, 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 childrens will be paying for if we're lucky. If the whole system doesn't crash, because we have essentially allowed some of the richest people in the world to enrich themselves, while of course everyone else was screwed over and when we look at you know the covid years through the trump years he has allowed the largest transfer of wealth in recorded human history that to me is atrocious that to me is absolutely unacceptable he gave us two thousand dollars but the billionaire class they got way more than that so that's why i was against it on principle i I mean what would have happened though if he didn't if trump didn't issue that stimulus if biden didn't issue his stimulus what would have happened? Would the economy have fallen so low that, you know, we could have hit a depression? We don't know. We, you know, economics is, that's what's kind of fun about economics is that everybody can have different theories of what would happen. And 
you don't know until it actually does happen. You make a very good point here, but uh, there's a lot of e economists who are making the term, the, the, the theory that if you prolong a depression or a recession, it's going to hit a lot harder. And I think our financial policy has been prolonging are we any kind of correction. Yeah. And now because of these fiscally irresponsible policies, when there is a correction, it's going to be hard and it's going to be bad and it's going to wipe out people instead of having the natural flow of the economy like there used to be up and down, rates going up and down. So, uh, this this is this is going to conflate into a huge problem that's going to absolutely hurt so many people, and that's why I'm against it. I, I think it's good that rates are going up now because you need that in your toolbox for when we do hit a, you know, an epic disaster. Uh, I, it would have been good to have that tool when COVID hit, so that we didn't need to have as much money being pumped in through fiscal policy. We could have used monetary policy, but we didn't have that tool unless we went to negative rates, which would, you know, I don't I don't think anybody's supporting negative rates I actually right Trump supported negative rates at the time he was kind of pushing for the wow. Fed but, but but no I I do think that that we're headed towards a cliff at some point whether it's in 3 years or 30 years I don't know when that's going to be but I it's obviously not sustainable to have this debt and something needs to be done I think we can all agree agree to that Yes, uh, it's not monetary. It's not MM, not modern monetary policy as prescribed by the definition of the term, which is you print massive amounts of money and then you invest it in infrastructure to rebuild capital so that it overcomes your debt. Right. This yeah. is, they just printed massive amounts of money and put it in people's bank accounts. There's no industry being created with it. So it's not modern monetary policy. Yeah, the Federal and, Reserve went to BlackRock. It's like, here, have all this money. Went to the stock market. You're losing money. Here, have all this money. That was American foreign po uh, fiscal policy. It's crazy. So go ahead. I think it's also from the bottom. It's a different theory. It's deep start from the bottom and go up or do you start from top and go down and there's two different foods of thought on that you know some people think it's better to start at the bottom some people think it's better to start at the top and you know i don't know there's an answer that every situation's different i think if you could go either direction top or bottom but as long as there's industry being created like if the money's being spent on groceries it's not moderate it's not monetarily fiscally possible it's, it's just pure debt that people eat get fat then they but here, here here's one of the issues i have with uh the Fed giving all this money to BlackRock and these and these big companies is <laughs> ESG. Are you guys familiar with ESG? So it's environmental. For those that aren't familiar, environmental social governance. It's basically ideological. Uh, I, I think it's basically state state communism or state capitalism, whatever you want to call it, injected into corporations, imposing an ideological bent on what they can or can't do in exchange for a score. It's like a social credit score. What do you guys think about ESG? You know, like like I, I think there's. I'm typically against the government getting involved in corporations, uh, but I, I also see where some people are coming from. I, I, I think that that, envi that our environment's important. I have young kids. I hope that climate change doesn't progress like some people are pr projecting. Uh, I, I, I think it's it's kind of one of those gray areas. Like I, I don't think it should ESGs should be totally cut off, but I also don't think that that. We should take it over and 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 it overkill. I I, like I think that don't remove it. Everything has an, an in but, between. But it, I think. But ESG, it's either in our institutions or it's not. Right. Either we are telling. Uh, uh, it, so this is what happened in West Virginia. There is energy companies in West Virginia. It's a big industry, and they these companies were told they could no longer secure financing to operate because it was against ESG. And it's like, okay, well, that destroys the economy of West Virginia and puts everybody out of work. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be like, we should burn the country, uh, burn the plant to the ground for the sake of someone having a job. But certainly the solution isn't just to be like, we've implemented an ideological system that now destroys your industry. Yeah. There's got to be ways to, to get, you know, we, we got to find a way to 
I think technologically advanced away from this. Yeah, I agree. So like the, the, the example I often give is how they used to be scared that New York would be littered with mounds of horse crap everywhere because the horses were transporting all the goods. And there was like this article written like a turn of the century, 1900s, there'll be so much horse crap you won't be able to live in the city anymore. And they invented the car. Yeah. And so my view is like, we need to slowly shift off these industry through invention and innovation. ESG seems more like what China does. The government gets involved or some kind of ideological entity gets involved and then punishes people, takes away their ability to operate their business unless they do things like fire their white board member and, re- and put a black woman on, as a board member. I, I don't see how that's actually solving any problems or making anyone's life better other than actually creating racial animosity, destroying industries. And, and my view actually is if they start destroying these, these companies, they're actually going to make the issue of pollution worse. It's going to result in people with like disheveled, broken down, disgusting houses, an inability to properly maintain a building, meaning you're going to get metals leaching into the water. People are going to get sickly. It's going to create pollution problems. The economy isn't just, can we build a house? It's, can we properly remove wastes, recycle wastes, innovate ways to solve these problems? And destroying these industries, in my opinion, will probably result in us just piling up waste and living in filth. And then you're going to get people who are going to be angry about the race stuff. So that, that's, that's where it comes to you know, the, the financial policy of giving money to these big corporations like, like BlackRock to buy a property. It's the ideological component. I suppose outside of all of that, though, we can talk for a bit. I'm curious your thoughts on wokeness in general, critical race theory. We should talk about all that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think that those on the right pay too much attention to, to the social issues and things that really aren't impacting them. And if they're doing so in a way that affects the happiness of other people and affects the way other people feel, I, I don't, I don't agree with it. I, I, I think that politicians on the right, and not everybody, I, I think that they should focus on other issues rather than some of the issues they've been focusing on, whether whether it is the LGBT community, all of that stuff. And I, I do you have a particular like, issue. Like, what, what, yeah, what's well, your definition of woke? Like, like, like I, that's something I like. I don't know really what the definition of woke is. That's interesting. So if you, uh, it, it's it's if you go back in time, it. I'll, I'll simplify this but way like, before I, I get into I, it. I know what the what the general definition of woke is, and it has to do with inequality and stuff like that. But is that how the right generally refers to I it? I think of it as like so, so when you, I, I, you think I, you're enlightened, but you're not kind of Well, thing. Per, perhaps. it's uh, this, The simple definition colloquially for the right is an ideological cult with no clear aims or goals masquerading as a social justice movement is one simple way to define it. The, the harder way to, to break it down is going back in time, the culture war starts with intersectional feminism, which is elements of wokeness. You, you, it, it then evolves into the greater critical race theory, which then starts adopting elements of critical gender theory and now has become this big amalgam of all of these. I, I, they're not necessarily all Marxist derivatives, but, they're, but in, to a certain degree they are. And the way I see it, if I was going to define it to, uh, if I was talking to somebody who already understood and agreed with me, I'd define it as fire, something that's just consuming and destroying and eventually will wipe us all out. It's, it's not so simple as to be like, it's just something that makes someone happy. No, it's quite literally like they, they say that, um, the sim- a simple example, and they're all grains of sand sure. making a heap. 
you can't say woman, it's offensive, it's not inclusive. So you need to say women with a Y because women are not men. Then they say, actually, that's offensive. You should say women sin with an X because that includes this. I mean, and I they, say woman, so I mean, but, 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 you know. my, my point is like, you end up with issues where people are getting banned from Twitter because they said, okay, dude. And this person is no longer but is allowed is there to, actually an example of that? Zuby. Zuby Just got for, suspended oh, from Twitter oh, oh, because for saying, the okay, person dude. identified as something. Else. And he wasn't misgendering. He was having an argument, and they said something. Went okay, dude. Like he was just yeah. I, I mean, I they, think that's too far. I think, but this has been Twitter too far too for far. ten years, and it's getting to the point well, now where, you know, it it starts with saying things like, "Hey, you know, we shouldn't be censoring people because they have these opinions," and then it leads us to Hunter Biden's laptop is leaked. It's got damning videos and 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 information that implicates Joe and Hunter Biden, whether they're guilty or not, implicates. And multiple polls have come out showing that if the American public had been made aware of the information on that laptop, I think it's between six and seven percent said they would not have voted for Joe Biden. Theoretically, that that would mean that Donald Trump was president. Now, that's massive. And so that means that all of these issues we've been concerned about with the, the hate speech rhetoric, which is like the idea that we should ban hate speech, is all the component of wokeness. Twitter then implements policies based on this. Twitter then uses that for political advantages. And now we know for a fact that for the most part, it was Democrats leaning on Twitter for favors. Republicans did some sometimes as well. But because the Twitter staff was overwhelmingly San Francisco liberals, Democrats were a, and, and in government too, like the Biden administration actively are using the private sector as a weapon against their political opponents. And what we view as wokeness is now just like you can say woke or you can say red-pilled. You can say left or right. We're seeing a total bifurcation of, of, of our culture. So the interesting thing is I've always been fairly liberal in the, in the literal traditional liberal sense growing up in a Democrat city. And then the issue of free speech arises. I look at these stories, notably from Gizmodo, and it says, uh, you know, uh, Facebook employees were routinely banning conservative news outlets from their trending tab. That's 2016. They reported that. And I said, hey, guys, did you see the story? What happens? whole bunch of leftist organizations come out saying Tim Pool is a conspiracy theorist who thinks the right is being persecuted because I literally cited a, a left-wing news source. They actually included in my Wikipedia as if it was some kind of smear that I agree with conservatives that they're more likely to be suppressed or censored when it's a fact. And it's always been a fact. And this is the component of the culture war that leaves people on the left calling me right-wing or something. So it's like, if I were to want, if I, if I was going to vote for someone who is, you know, Democrat or progressive, because I was a big fan of Bernie before I think he lost his mind, it's not going to happen when the liberals and the Democrats are actively supporting a chaotic ideology of destruction and seeking to censor ideas they don't like. Yeah, like, I, I think you have a point in some respect, but I think most Democrats, most liberals are not woke, as you say. I think what the right does is they jump over in, jump onto instances that took place and paint the picture that liberals are all woke or liberals are all, you know, you have to say woman with a Y or whatever you said it was. J- j- just like how a lot on the left say Republicans are all racist or Republicans are all anti-Semitic. Yeah, like, I, I think that's, I think there's similarities there. But I, I agree, but I, I agree that there's similarities, but I think obviously one side's wrong, right? Obviously the right is not all anti-Semitic. That's ridiculous. But you can say that the left is not entirely woke. I would agree that liberals are not all completely woke, but they certainly agree with all of it. Now, I know I've heard the same thing. They make the, they say, not all Donald Trump support, supporters are racist, but all racists are Trump supporters. Then they say that 
the people who support Trump are, the, the, you know, blindly supporting white supremacy and other nonsense. And it's just not true. Donald Trump did not defend neo-Nazis as very fine people. That was a complete lie. They made the whole thing up. Donald Trump literally said they should be condemned totally. That's a quote. And they lie. But when it comes to liberals on the left and wokeness, I'll give you one example. The parental rights and education bill in Florida. So you, you get uh, uh, kids who are severely depressed and being abused by their teachers. The parents then find out, because, uh, probably because, I think a lot of it was because of the uh, remote learning. Parents had no idea their kids were suffering and depressed and the parents, uh, the schools weren't t- telling them. And the schools were actually trying to get these kids to undergo medical treatments without the parents' knowledge. Parents get mad. So the Republicans in Florida say, we're going to do a bill. If you're third grade or below, no sex education. Afterwards, the parents have a right to know about sex education. What happens? The Democrats come out with this big lie. Don't say gay. Completely not true because the bill barred you from saying straight as well as it said saying gay. But they run this fabricated narrative to smear anybody who says parents have a right to know what's going on with their kids. That's wokeness. Now, whether all Democrats know they're part of a cult or are just blindly following it is the question. So that bill, I actually follow that bill closely because I live in Florida. And I ha- my wife's brother's gay, so I'm, I'm close with him. So I followed the bill, and it, it, it changed. It evolved. That bill evolved right. a lot. And so, so at the end, I don't think it's as close to don't say gay anymore. I don't, I don't think it really said that at, toward the end of the bill. So, so what, I, what I'm saying is that I, I understand those who are angry. I, I see both sides there. I can see both sides on that bill. I, I think, you know, the whole idea that you can't, so, so the way you understand it, do you say, say, say a, a child has two fathers, draws a picture of his two fathers, and another kid says, what's that? You got two dads? And starts making fun of the kid. And the teacher comes in and says, you know, some families, there's two men in the family, they love each other, and they can have a perfectly fine family. Is, is the that, bill doesn't bar that. Yeah, but it, it's kind of hard to understand that. And I think that's why a lot of people, especially early on. Teachers the, were worried, hey, if I say this, am I going to get sued? Am I going to have to? But it was, it was specifically outlined that only in classroom instruction was it prohibited. Yeah, but, Meaning but, but, teachers but what were, is instruction? Yeah, What's it, the definition? It, it, was all, it was all defined, right? So quite literally, and this was actually outlined by the politicians, a teacher could walk up to a group of, say it's recess, the teacher could walk up to a group of students and say, I'm a man married to a man. This means this, that, or otherwise. It just couldn't be part of the curriculum. I don't think that's how it was worded, at least not early on. Early on in the bill, the way I read right, it, it was like, what, you couldn't talk about when it. When like, it goes to passing, yeah. and we're at the point where it's like, this is what's actually happening, the narrative across the country was all these celebrities going, gay, gay. But even the bill itself, like, initially, you couldn't say straight either. It was just no sex ed, period. For third grade or below. So like if a kid drew a picture of a man and a woman and someone made fun of them, theoretically, the argument was still, you'd be like, that's a question for your parents. Yeah, but whether I, it's a man I mean, or a woman, a man and man or a woman and a woman. Do you guys think third graders and below should learn about sex ed? No, I, I don't think they should. Yeah. <coughs> but I think a, a lot of this was a big misunderstanding and a lot of people kind of jumped to conclusions and speculated when when they really didn't know. So I think, you know, the, the more clarifications, but to have a whole national outcry kind of push this larger narrative, which wasn't really true, only empowered people like DeSantis. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and read the final bill because I, I know I was following it really closely. But then... So talk about wokeness. Then DeSantis goes and takes the special tax exemption from Disney because they 
or against the bill. So, like, isn't that kind of the same thing, being woke? Like, you're attacking a private company because they don't agree with your political philosophy? I mean, that, that like approaches I, on authoritarianism. All I, I, I disagree. I think Disney shouldn't have had the special provisions in the first place. But they're a but private company, though, But right? that's a, an aside. No, the fact that the state gave a yeah, major yeah. corporation that in the first no, place yeah, was I, more I agree authoritarian. They, yeah, than, I agree they shouldn't right. have had it in the first place, but... So the, taking it away from them kind of like yeah, but, they should have done that a long time it, ago it was, for any reason. It was as if it, I believe it was because So you guys were, believe corporations shouldn't pay any taxes? Is that what you guys are saying? No, but should, it seemed like it was, it was a major Should major corporations be allowed to lobby their employees and, and, and the state to prevent legislation? I, I, I don't necessarily think so, but, but, I, should, but, but I, I think that the fact that he used that as the reason why he took it he away. He was punishing them for being against him. That's how, at least it appeared. Didn't, don't you think that's what, why he did it? He didn't just say, oh, now's a good time because randomly. It was awful. Opinion argument. I mean, yeah. I could argue it's because they're advancing abuse of children and it was deeply unpopular in the state and they shouldn't have been giving special privileges in the first place. So now's the best time to remove it from them. Yeah, but, but, I, but I feel like law should take care of that, not a governor, you know, say, stepping in and saying, because you... Go but it was my law. policy. It was it was the legislator that actually had to pass. Yeah, the yeah bill. but I, I I mean that bill. Yeah, the bill. But they're against that law. They can no, no. That's I mean their freedom the, of speech. The, the, right? stri- the stripping Disney of their provision came from the legislature. Yeah, Ron DeSantis was just and a loud he, voice. Yeah, and did he sign off on it? I assume. I I can't remember exactly what happened. I think they ended up losing that in the long run. Like uh, I think Disney went to court and ended up winning. Oh, did they? But I, but I, 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 I think that this is a tough one because I can certainly agree. You know, we have to find that balance. Like we don't want the government. To, to attack private entities because of their pol- like finding that balance is difficult. I don't want po- power to uh, centralize in, in, in the government or corporations. We got to find that. I will say outside of it, Disney shouldn't have had that. I think we agree. Disney yeah, should yeah. be allowed to build the nuclear no, power yeah. plant. I, That's I, so I, weird. I think the issue is that it helped the Florida economy so much that that it was Florida saw it as, hey, we're going to do this, but we're going to get so much back in tax revenue. I mean, how much how much money are they making from from tourists coming to Orlando every year. I think the uh, the other issue is it's not just in Florida, right, when it comes to the wokeness, right? So so going back to the root issue, we're talking about wokeness. You're saying, you know, not all liberals are woke. But I think all liberals march behind the woke blindly. So, you know, one thing we've referenced quite a bit is this book, Gender Career, that we have here. Without getting into this for the 800th time for everyone who's listening, you've got places like Loudoun County, which is literally 30 seconds away from where we are right now. You drive 30 seconds, boom, you're in Loudoun County. And there was a student at a school who I think he raped two girls. Is that what happened? It was the, the trans student. At yeah, least two right. that we know of. Raped yeah. two girls in the bathroom. And, and the then the principal covered, it, covered up. it up. Yep. yep. And then when the parents started complaining about this stuff, they get shut down. They get called far right. The Biden administration investigates them as terrorists. And the parent speaking out about this was arrested and manhandled by police officers when it was his daughter that got, you know, uh, raped. So, you know, those visuals were were absolutely insane and crazy seeing a father saying, hey, this is happening and him being shut down and arrested and taken away, which was crazy. But so so this is what leads ultimately to, you know, Youngkin winning. They sit, they say that the parents were getting fed up with the wokeness. It's not just uh, gender career. We had uh, Asra Nomani came on with a stack of books that are appearing in public schools for children. And it is, let, let, I'll put it this way. Let me ask you a question. Uh, are you guys religious at all? I, I'm Jewish, but I, I probably describe myself as agnostic. All right. Uh, how, are you Same similar? Man, yeah. Do you think, let, let me give you an example. If there was a grade school, first graders, and they had a math book, and it had a math problem, and it said, 
there are 50 sinners in Sodom and 50 sinners in Gomorrah. And Abraham speaks to God and says, will you spare this if there is, you know, 10 righteous people? How many righteous people would have to be, you know, how many people would be remaining in Sodom and Gomorrah if 10 righteous people were removed? Do you want me to answer that? Do you, do you think that would be an appropriate math question in a public school? No. But what, because it's religion, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's teaching the story of Lot, Abraham, Sodom and right. Gomorrah. That's what they're doing in schools right now with critical race theory, which is an ideology. See, see that, that's another thing where I think you have to say there's no solid line of there, what, there, But so, so look. Go ahead. The math problem, we actually pulled the book up. And it says, Jamal is stopped by the police 17 times on his way home from school, while Eric is stopped three times. What percentage of the time has, was Jamal being stopped? And it shows a picture of a little black boy, a cop, an angry cop pointing at the little black boy. That's racial, that is critical race theory ideology being weaseled into math problems to instill an ideology in children. But, I, don't, I don't think that's appropriate. But, but, but there's this difference between separation of church and state and something like that. So, I, I mean— I disagree. But, but, I mean, technically you're not supposed I to mean, have the Constitution, you know— And critical, you, critical race theory is a religion. It's a non-theistic religion. I shouldn't say critical race theory, but um, wokeness, as we describe it as an umbrella term, is a non-theistic religion. It follows all the tenets of religion except for a deity. I mean, you that's could say that about so much stuff, though. Like, you, like what? If you, start, you could say— Trump supporting is a religion. You could say, you know, Bitcoin maximalist, that's a religion. Cults, every cult you could... Well, you know, it kind could, of is, probably. A cult, yes, I agree. Like, but, so, but I mean, there are elements of Trump supporters I call cultists 100%. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if you start saying that's a religion... But there's no, then, there's no Trumpism. Matt Gates challenges McCarthy. Trump calls him out, and Matt Gates responds with sad. Actually just rejecting Trump outright. Many of these, these, these Republicans are just telling Trump no. There are there are a lot of uh, th- th- yeah, but it didn't uh, happen back then when he was president. You know, it, to it, a to a certain degree, I would say I agree with you. But I will also point this out: you are like the fourth people we would describe as being left leaning who have ever been willing to come on this show because they will not have conversations. The right is willing to have a conversation where there's disagreement, dispute, and potentially proving them wrong. Uh, you know, I would take issue with that because you're left leaning. I'm left leaning. We're both libertarian left leaning. I think it is the, that what happens is NPCs will follow blindly any That's kind what of I'm ideology about with the with the cult and wokeism. It might even be considered like a political philosophy. So I don't. I, I'm all about teaching kids about communism. This is what that is. Yeah. is what, but when you teach them to become communist, right. you're indoctrinating. And so the concern is: Are they indoctrinating children with philosophy? Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In school. Like, like, see, my, my issue is where... What is the clear line of critical race theory? If you teach about MLK, is that... No, like so, but where's that? Li- yeah. What what so, differentiates that from like where critical, does that line end? There has to be a clear line. Assuming there it is, and there I, is. is Crit- there? Criti- okay. Critical race theory is defined as the concept of the oppressed versus oppressor on racial grounds of the white man as the oppressor and the non-whites as the oppressed. So in Can, history, though, that took place. So when you teach history not about China that, or Japan, no, I mean in America, sure, sure. Place. But like, so if you teach this, American history, is that critical race theory? No. Okay. So so, so here's the issue. 
Kimberly Crenshaw wrote in her book, it was, it, was a, it was an essay, I believe multiple people contributed, that Karl Marx got one thing right. He got something right with critical theory, that there is an oppressed and oppressor class. Marx wrote that it was the wealthy who are the oppressors and the poor who are the oppressed. I'm simplifying it. And she said, he doesn't understand the racial component of America. So we need a critical race theory. And that's how they coined the term. The idea then is white people are inherently oppressors no matter what. And non-white people are inherently oppressed no matter what. That means Oprah Winfrey is oppressed and a homeless veteran sleeping in the gutter is an oppressor. And that's psychotic in my opinion, but that is the basis for the ideology they teach in these schools. So when they did the, uh, the whiteness contract, what was, that? what was that book? It was called, you, you, remember the, you want to look that one up? Yeah. Again, Asra Nomani brings this book to us and it shows a, a whiteness contract with a devil tail and a hand reaching out and it says, sign the contract and you'll receive all of these benefits at the expense of your non-white friends. That is indoctrinating kids with an ideology. When you think, you mentioned separation of church and state, and I find this fascinating because what does church and state really mean? Religions are ideologies. They believe in tenets. They believe in a certain set of faith-based you know, ideas, and then they hold true ideology. What's the difference between that and any other ideology? Obviously, religions have some spiritual component to them, but if we're talking about separation of church and state, what we're really talking about is separation of an individual's ideology and the state. The law should govern fairly and equally based upon certain facts, the Constitution and human rights, not whether someone believes someone is inherently evil or an oppressor or someone is going to heaven or hell. Yeah, but ideologies are just opinions. Ideologies are just opinions to another level. So that— the problem is liberal. If you ban creationism from schools because it was masquerading, it was Christianity masquerading as science, then I argue the same thing for critical race theory. So, so, so this is the way liberals tend to view critical race theory. They view it from the standpoint that black people were oppressed by white people, and you can't teach that that took place. That's and, a lie. But, but, but the problem is certain people view it that way. And if the bill, if a bill is written saying you can't talk about critical race theory, what if somebody says that's critical race theory? Then that teacher is going to get thrown out of school. Teacher is going to be prosecuted, perhaps. Well, you're talking about an issue for for a judge yeah. to interpret so, the law so, properly. But, but what our teachers are paid in Florida, they're paid like thirty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, but is, look, look, you're making an argument that like, what, what, what if? No, uh, no, my, what if my argument, their- if that bill is written exactly how you explain it, <clears> then <throat> I think. That would be a bill you support. But if the bill just says critical race theory, it is just too— The, the law the, usually defines terms. Yeah, but uh, I haven't seen a law that defined it the way you've defined that's it. That's the that, literal definition yeah, of what it is. Yeah, well, well so, so then you extend it. And, from and, the book. And what if you have a class that's talking about income inequalities and, and you link that certain races might ha- be in, unequal to others because of social— It's a Title IX violation. No, no, no. So, so, so you have a, you have a, you have a, a class that might or say is it seven. Sorry, no, no. Title nine refers to so, like. So, so, uh, so what, sex. what I'm saying right. is, is, is what, it, what if you're teaching that that a certain area of of this state is uh, socioeconomically unequal to this area, and a percentage of this this area is also eighty percent African American. I mean, like, how far, where do you draw that line? Is, is that now going to be? You just be, say that. 
What, what's that? Like, uh, but, I, but, I can but, say... But are you saying that that's going to be considered critical race theory no. because it's it's going back to race and socioeconomical no, uh, no, no, differences? No. Yeah, but, but, but what, what, if a, school, what, what if a school board says it is critical race theory? They're and they wrong. Say, yeah, but and, that and teacher gets fired. But you're making, a, you're making an argument for the, for the courts to interpret the law. That's No one is arguing that people should be able to misinterpret the, the law to the abuse people. the courts haven't a, interpreted that law, and it, it's so broad that... But one but, judge but here could inter- a judge in Florida, judge in Georgia, a judge in New York's going to de- judge in New York just said bump stock ban was unconstitutional. Well, so you have one federal jurisdiction saying one thing. A matter for the courts is not a, a matter for argument in law. I'm saying outright there should be a separation from ideology and 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 the state. We should govern this country based on what we vote in. So for instance, uh, I mentioned Title Title Seven. I, I, title Nine is sex. Title Seven is race. It is a Title VII violation for what Joe Biden is doing right now in the federal government is completely illegal. It's illegal. And Donald Trump banned that and Biden removed that ban. What's that? What are you referring to? In government contracting, Donald Trump made it illegal to claim white people are bad or evil and to implement trainings based on race. This is directly in line with the 1964 Civil Rights Act. This is Title VII. This is uh, 1991, blah, blah, blah amended, et cetera, et cetera. You cannot in this country go before a group of children, employees, government workers, period, and say one race is better than the other. That's our training. But that's what they're doing. But they're, that's are, they, illegal. are they saying one race is yes. better than another? Or yes, they are. Or one race is equal to another? No, they're saying... They're, they're, like, is there an example of this, of an actual thing, an actual statement somebody made? In this? There was... Uh, I'd have to pull up Christopher Rufo's article because we haven't, we haven't pulled it up in a long time. Let me see if I can find it. Like, I agree. I, I mean, if they're going around saying saying one race is better than another, yeah, I, I don't think that's that's National right. Luke, uh, Nuclear Labs employees sent a seminar that claimed rugged individualism and hard work are white male culture. There's also the Smithsonian Museum that said working hard and being on time are elements of white people. Like as if to imply, look, outside of any argument you want to make against like Asians, Hispanics, or, or I'm sorry, uh, black people or, or Hispanics or whatever, the craziest thing is when the woke people and the critical race theorists argue this right here, nuts, Sandia Labs telling people that hard work is white male culture as if black people don't work hard. That's insane. But then when I have conversations with these people, they say, oh, you know, it's white people who, who adhere to schedules and it's white people who, who save for the future. Not kidding. That's in the Smithsonian. And then I'm like, what about Asians? They plan longer for the future on average than, than, than white people do. This is an insanely racist ideology that does not belong in government. One of the reasons why I was more inclined to support Donald Trump because Joe Biden's actively supporting what is overtly illegal. Like, let me ask you: Do you well, think? Well, I mean, Trump did too. And the, how many executive orders were overturned by judges during Trump's presidency? I but mean, I'm, that's, I'm, that I'm happens, referring specifically you know? to critical race theory, Title IX, Title VII, et cetera. So, like, let, let me ask you guys: If a teacher told a group of students that one race was bad and one race was not, should that be allowed? No. But that's what they're doing. Okay, and I mean, that, me, that me, teacher should be fired. But this I, is I critical mean, race theory. I mean, but shouldn't that teacher be fired anyway? Like, like I mean, yeah. do you need a bill that says you can't teach critical race theory so all the lines get blurred and teachers have less to less motive to be teachers? I mean, so I, don't, in, I don't know who this guy is who's holding up this book, like, but I chose this for a reason. Whiteness is a bad deal. It always was. Dude, we can see your pointy tail. And a white hand with a whiteness contract with fire and money and a devil's tail and, and uh, goat feet 
is sticking so, out. So this I, book yeah, is I mean, in grade crazy. schools like, all over the place. That might be called now, Not My Idea. That might Not be My Idea, book. right. And here's the issue. When someone like me comes out and I'm like urban skateboarding liberal dude and I say, yo, that's messed up. You know what happens? All the Democrats say, I'm, li- I'm lying, I'm wrong, and I'm a conservative. So, so okay, so, so I, I totally agree with you. I, I don't think that belongs in schools. But at the same time, it's, I feel that the bill, this critical race theory thing, is an overreaction to a very few cases of this. Like, discipline the teacher, fire the teacher. You don't have to write a bill that's not then going to be vaguely misunderstood by who knows around the around the country and puts teachers in difficult situations of should can I be saying this? Should I be saying this? Can I be teaching like, this? Like, do you know how severe the teacher shortage is, especially in Florida? Like, my son doesn't even have a kindergarten teacher. He doesn't have a teacher because I mean, I think people don't want to teach. Are completely corrupt as it is. And hey, we pledge of alle- say the pledge of alle- pledge your allegiance to this country before you say that again. Well, don't you remember the indoctrination camp? Pledge your allegiance every day. But now they're some of the, a lot of these schools are doing pledge allegiance to the pride flag. I, I think great school schools making you are pledge your corrupt. allegiance to anything. Is I mean, crazy. you know about the history of public schools. Luke, who was it? Was it Rockefeller? Well, Rockefeller was a key instrumental figure with his uh, larger institutions when it came to building up this model of essentially uh, building up good slave factory workers. A lot of the education system, depending on what, what time they start, the breaks that they have is all based on the bell ringing, creating them to be good factory workers. There's there's a lot of consensus here, but there's also a lot of crazy things, especially with uh, the New York City Public School Board system, even having one of their representatives previously a couple years publicly declare that, hey, if there's a poor white kid, we have to spend resources on a rich black kid over a poor white kid because this is to fight all the racism that's happening in this country. When we see educators and people that have been entrusted in our education system giving out resources based on color and not on need, that to me is is something that we have a, a big problem with and, and should be uh, kind of corrected, in my opinion. I, I mean, that goes to the whole reparations argument. And, you know, I had a class in college about <clears throat> inequality. And, you know... There's good art. I feel there's good arguments on both sides of that. And if I'm a if I'm a black person, I've seen you know my family struggle, all their the generations struggling. You just want be like just give one of us an opportunity, and we'll try and make a difference. So I I see their point of view, but I also can see that poor white families view that could also be stuck in a similar situation. Maybe not dating back to slavery. You know, maybe it's not they never got started. Maybe it's something else bad happened in their family. Maybe their father was killed and their mother had to raise him. You so, know? Do you, do you, so do you agree giving more resources to rich black kids over poor white kids because of their race? In general? Like, like if there's, if there's like, you know, those, like I, those two. I think it would be based on a situation. Like well, I, let, I would think I'd need the details on both situations. Do you, do you, are you guys in favor of reparations based on slavery? I, I'm indifferent like I, like not indifferent but i i see both sides both both sides i'm, I'm glad i don't have to make that yeah. decision i'm and you know like that would i don't think that would be a a factor in me voting for one candidate or the other just because i i see the difficulty in that decision do you I, think race should be taken into account when someone applies to college i i i think so i i, I really do I, I i think that that they need to try and kind of even even out the racial why you I, think people are different based on race like you think- I, I i don't think they're different but i think they have different socioeconomic upbringings I, I think that one race is has been 
pushed down for generations and generations. And I, I, the Polish people, the, right? The, the Polish people have been screwed over Polish, historically. Maybe Polish Jewish people as well. Jewish people too. No, no. So, 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 so would, would you be willing to go to say a an impoverished seven year old Asian boy? Look him in the eyes and say you are not welcome at Harvard because you look too much like those people. I I, I get totally get that argument and, and 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 I do think it's difficult. I like maybe it makes more sense to be like where you where you live and not your race. It, it would make more sense to say, hey, yeah, where where you live or what your background, your was. lineage, your lineage, your but, lineage. But, but how do you go about do that? that? You know, because like I agree, it's un, it's unfair for some people. Harvard. And, you know, they have that lawsuit where it's you have, you have to score 1,300 if you're Asian, uh, 1,000 if you're white, 800 if you're Latino, and like 700 if you're black, which I just think is extremely racist. Mm-hmm. But they're doing it because they think they want, they want racial parity, which to me also makes no sense, as if to imply that race is the component by which we measure humanity, and it's right. a weird thing to me. But that means that poor Asians will be kicked out for rich black kids. And I'm just like I don't I don't I don't get no, that. Yeah, I I understand the argument and and I I can understand both sides of it. So I don't understand the argument like, at all. Like, like what's their argument? The, I I think the argument is that we as a nation have pushed down this group of people, African Americans, for so long, generation after generation, going back to the 1800s. I, I think we owe it to them in a way to equalize their opportunity now. There are, so, I, I, but, I, but, I, but, I, but actually, I see something real quick, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I see it, I see my view is based on we're all Americans, and your view is based on we're white and you're black. No, no my, my view is that they, that we've, we as a nation have pushed these people down for, for so long that, that right, right, they, these people, not us, you see what I'm saying? So, so here, like, here. I, I view us all as one group. You I, view us as separate I, I, group. I, let, 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 let me try. I, I, I think. Go on. So, so, I don't want to speak as a black person because I don't know. You know, I don't know their life and I don't know everything they've gone through. But from my point of view, the way that I would view it, if I can imagine myself in their situation, which I know I can't fully, is my great 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 grandfather was a slave. He had to. He worked for this man. He got nothing. <coughs> Uh, you know, he had his son. Pause you real quick. Yeah. Not even that far back. Okay. We've so had people great, on whose grandparents. Okay. So yeah. the, the, older great, people. All right. Great, great yeah. grandfather. That would help. No, my, literal grandfather. Like my grandfather. Okay. I'll do yeah. my grandfather. Okay. Yeah, 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 no, my grandfather was a slave and, you know, he couldn't, he had to work his ass off, didn't earn a dime, you know, and then his owner died. He died. And my father was his son and he tried making a life for himself, but he, he had to go to an all-black school with teachers who were subpar and he'd ride the back of the, on the bu- back of the bus. He didn't have, he had, his education just wasn't there. It wasn't on par with these white people. So he didn't get a good education. He had to work in the factory, uh, you know, work, he worked his butt off and hardly earned a dime. And he, I couldn't go to college because of it because, you know, I had to, Go work from an early age. And then my son, I want him to get an education, but I can't afford to pay his college. I, you know, he's smart, but he's not as smart as this guy because I couldn't spend as much time raising him as some of these other fathers. So I want him to have the same opportunity as his white counterparts. So that's a point of view from the black person. So I can see why they get so, why they feel so impacted by what happened in the past. I want to I clarify too. What I mean to say is, there are people in this country who are older, who 
who's a- actually right. like very old and their grandparents. We, I, I was watching some video about it. But then for the people that we've talked to, it's great grandparents yeah, and stuff okay. like that. But uh, here, the issue I take with it is um, we had one conversation. So what about the um, what about the dude whose family has been historically poor because his great great grandfather died fighting for the union to end slavery and they lost everything. Their house was burned down and destroyed by the Confederates. And now they're slack jawed, you know, mountain trailer people. They are not entitled to anything. They yeah, and, they, and they, no they, have, and they have a right to feel entitled to stuff too. But they're not going to get it because you're basing everything on race. I don't mean you, I mean like the system yeah. would, would be like, it would say, oh, black people are oppressed. Therefore black people. The issue I take with that is Oprah Winfrey does not deserve a handout. She doesn't need it. She's one of the wealthiest people on the planet. And these people who are in rural West Virginia, which was which broke off from Virginia to stay with the Union and actually ended up opposing slavery, these people are impoverished impoverished because of that history. Shouldn't they get some kind of reparation for the sacrifices? Maybe their they should. Do? Yeah, maybe they should. But then it's not race, you see. Yeah, but or yeah, what about the yeah. British sailors that were fighting in Africa against slavery? No, no so, so uh, what I'm saying is that these th- this group of individuals who it, it dates back to slavery. So these people, most Black Americans have ancestors who were enslaved. So they feel like they deserve some sort of you know something to help them rise to the level of their counterparts. Is that and true? I, I mean, it, it would be very hard to kind of calculate. I think most black Americans are descendant of slaves. I've heard uh, data suggesting the opposite of that. Really? Because there's been a lot of immigration. There's been a lot of people coming in. But uh, it, it's going to be very hard to tell because how do you prove a lot of this stuff when there wasn't really a lot of records as well? That's that is a tough. good point. Yeah. No, I, and I've talked about this quite a bit too, uh, especially the documentary I did in, in Ferguson in St. Louis. Absolutely. There are people who are the descendants of slaves, so they have no generational wealth. And then there is a tendency among white people to have generational wealth. But the solution, in my opinion, isn't race based. It is not critical race theory, because what ends up happening is then when you say that white people are oppressors and non-whites are oppressed, there's like a homeless veteran who grew up in the sticks, low income family, joins the military, fights for this country, comes home, is injured in a wheelchair. He's an oppressor. Like, come on, yeah. man. That's a, that's a crooked ideology that makes no sense. I want to call and it. And that, like, yeah. Will Smith's kids are going to get, you know, benefits. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying of... that white people are oppressors. I mean, but back, that's critical back, race then, back then, they were oppressors. During times of slavery, the majority of white people were who owned slaves obviously were oppressors, right? But I, but I think it's an interesting question, too. What does it mean to be an oppressor? Yeah, if, if, you're, you're, if you're getting your cobalt out of the Congo and there's 15,000 black people digging with their hands and hammers to try and get this toxic chemical out are we oppressing we're oppressors but, right now there's there's but, reparations yeah, right now if but, you want it but look, 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 it. here's my point you go back to the 1700s when this when there was what, what was it like four million people or two million people who lived in the united in the united states the, the, this, this area that we call the united right. states it was like two million it was like some ridiculously right. small number so are you be, really being are you really an oppressor if the people can just go build a log cabin and hunt for food with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like everyone else is doing. Like, 
if I understand the Native Americans would eventually lose land and there was conflict in that regard, that's war. Is it if, you, if someone goes to war with someone else over resources, do we call one side the oppressor? Going back, we don't. We, we never did. But I mean, slavery is not war. Slavery is just taking people and forcing them to work for you. Right. So my, my point is, as it pertains to, obviously not slavery. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, that, the, the point I'm bringing up is the idea that white people were always oppressors. Certainly, there are white people who literally did oppress other people. Right. The yeah. Romans. You know what I mean? The Romans yeah, had a big I mean, I mean, start. Yeah, what, what I mean to say is... White people in general are not oppressors. That, that's critical race yeah. theory. The idea that white people specifically are oppressors and non-whites are oppressed. Like, that, see, that's, that, literally that's, not, that's not how but I know most of my liberal friends. They're wrong. They don't read okay. the books. Yeah, like, so, this is, so, look, look, I, I, I got to tell you, this is the problem. Yeah, but we have the books here. Like, we, I, I can show you, you know, this, this book, which is in grade schools, which depicts a, a non-binary woman receiving a blowjob. And they give it to kids to read. And she talks about her severe psychological trauma and abuse. We actually had multiple books from critical race theorists that we've gone through and read. And, and you know, you'll say, my liberal friends don't view it that way. It's like, well, they're wrong. They're not reading it. Yeah, like, so I, I get what you're saying. But I feel like uh, if you're going to write a bill banning critical race theory, you don't just say critical race theory. You outline exactly what is deemed... Fair, fair point. And that's what Donald Trump did when he banned critical race theory. He didn't say critical race theory. He said any, any training that would, would argue a certain race is better than another race, et cetera, and things like that, that's what he actually had. It was the, it was the I forgot which op, the legal office for the White House wrote this thing up. He signed the executive order. And all it basically said was it is illegal under the Civil Rights Act, Title VII, to discriminate on the basis of race, therefore, and then Joe Biden rescinded that and allowed these companies to continue discriminating on the basis of race. But but these bills are very broad, and, and and I think that we can agree that if the language was defined enough to be able to say this is this is considered critical race theory, this is not. I, I think we'd agree that yeah, this this can be a can be a law. But I think when you leave it open to the courts, and then you have teachers getting sued, you have. You have parents attacking teachers. I, I think it, it kind of it opens up a whole can of worms that isn't really necessary when you can actually go after the teachers themselves based on other things like like something like that. the 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 teacher can criticize. The teacher can be criticized. Could be fired <clears throat> on an individual basis. I completely agree, and I think one of the problems is that parents see this stuff and they don't sue. It's like if they're some some parents yeah. do. If they went to your kid and said white people are bad, okay, that's racist. That's a violation of, of the Civil Rights Act, Title yeah. VII. File your, file your lawsuit, get the book pulled. Instead, we get a lot of like community complaints and stuff like that, which has, has borne fruit, but I think lawsuits are the way to go. We did see, however, with books like Genderqueer, when parents go to school board meetings and read the book, they get ejected for reading pornographic material in public. Like, the, the board freaks out and says, stop, stop, stop. You can't say these things here. And they're like, then why are you giving it to our kids in school? I feel like it's super important to teach uh, uh, about critical race theory, that it's important that people know what it is, uh, any kind of political or philosophy theory. You should have classes like for co college kids or high school kids, like political philosophy on the critical race. But indoctrinating, especially children, young children, like with with any kind of ideology so i could see banning the indoctrination tactics but not necessarily banning the ideas because we need to understand what it is like communism you so, got to understand what communism is in order to bypass it yeah so so, so i i know i had a class at Rutgers in college uh about critical race theory it wasn't called critical race theory but it discussed a lot of things that critical race theory does but i don't 
in grade school, in middle school, we didn't learn anything like that. And I don't really think what's well, new. The vast majority of classes are. They are. I, I mean, like I, I mean, my kids well, look, haven't. Look, my kids haven't learned it. I, I have a, but, but I have see, a third year, third grader. But this is hasn't an, another anything. another misunderstanding. The teachers aren't coming out and saying everybody open up critical race theory by Kimberly Crenshaw. They're saying everybody open up math 101. Read me the problem. And the kid goes, Jamal got stopped by the police 17 times. Eric got stopped five times. What percentage of the stops were uh, were illegal stops against Jamal for being black? No, that, but I, I read my son's homework. There's nothing, nothing even in, close there's nothing to that. in there like, like that. We've like had maybe some obscure, like well, super left leaning community actually, school that has that. Maybe, but they're, they're most, liberals, most liberals wouldn't support that. And, and that's I, I the think, problem. Yo, you guys aren't but, but don't, like, don't write a bill. Don't write a we, bill saying uh, that's a se- no. separate issue. I agree. Okay, don't write a bill. They shouldn't have this stuff in the schools. It should be done through the school board meetings and removed. The books are in the other room. Actually, Asra Nomani bought a stack of all these books. One of them. was was from Ibram Kendi, and it was like, what's, it, it, it was, it was a, a book where, it was a workshop book, and it opened it up and it said, explain the differences between you and like a racially different peer or whatever and things like that. Let me show you this one, man. I can't even, I can't even show this on camera. And it's like, yeah, but, but is that a, a actual curriculum book or something that somebody checked out? At, I think in that's a library? A, it was turning up in libraries. It was yeah. turn, no, but it was on it was on uh, uh, like reading lists for kids. Recommended reading lists. Yeah. yeah, and it was in thousands of schools. Now I get it. There's you know hundreds yeah, yeah, of thousands of schools. I, I mean, what were the books we were reading when we were in grade school? Like To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, there's yeah. I mean, yeah. What I, do you, what do you I think a kid should I, look at this? No, absolutely not. Okay, no. so this is gender queer. And NPR just wrote it. Uh, like, published and, and what grades? What grades had access? to Twelve-year-olds. Yeah, I, I definitely not. And so the problem is when I come out and I go to liberals and say, "Hey, that shouldn't be in front of kids." They say, "You hate gay people. You're a liar. You're anti-LGBTQ." And I'm like, "I'm just saying, don't show blowjobs to twelve-year-olds. Are you nuts?" So and put, they're telling put that me in it the doesn't bill. happen. Like, you know, put that in the bill, right? Well, so like, so this is this is the issue. This book is there's an uh, they've. Like you, you go to any of these prominent left websites and they argue it's an important memoir for young queer teens. They need to read this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you don't need to show. There's more than just that in there. That was just one thing. You know, I, and I don't, even, I don't even think I can say on YouTube some of the other stuff. We've already talked quite a bit about it, but we'll sh- I'll show you in the after show. It's, it's insane. We have this on the table because Ian bought it. I, a lot of conservatives haven't even read it. And it, and it is worse than what I just showed you, like the, the, the trauma and abuse that's in this book. Thousands of schools, at the very least. That like, are you sure about that? Like 100%. honestly, like yep. Like I don't, I don't believe that. This I don't is, believe there's thousands this is of schools why, that have that book. This is why in Loudoun County, right here, we had parents screaming because these books are are in grade schools. I mean, let me let me see if yeah, I but, can. But, okay, so, so, but at, at the same time, they're also banning books that aren't that that crazy. And and, and I, when I say ban, I mean they're, they're trying to take books out of libraries that aren't that aren't that bad. And, and I, you, I think is there one specific one? I, I don't have. I, I I know I've looked at lists and I I've read about them. I I didn't see gender. Was queer. To Kill a Mockingbird on there? I thought I'd seen that getting taken out. Was I, it? I I think it was. I think 1984 is also being taken. Take a look out at this. Some schools but, <clears throat> oh, sorry, from NPR. Efforts to ban books jumped an unprecedented fourfold. There's gender queer on their list of banned books. Now, why are they calling it a banned book? Like, is Hustler a banned book? You know what I mean? Like if you're if you've got a book that depicts sexual acts and explains how to do them, would you call it banning a book, or would you say like 
We just don't allow obscene material no, for children. The banning of books is when so the when, government destroys every copy of it kind of thing. Now, are, are these school libraries or public libraries? The ALA's Office for Intellectual Freedom counted 729 challenges to library, school, and universal, university materials in 2021. A significant jump. Last year, they noted 156. So here's what's happening. Uh, the total number of individual books challenged in 2021 was 1,597. Uh, gender Career is, is just one of these books. People aren't actually challenging some of the more egregious critical race theory-based books that are appearing in schools, the stuff that we've actually looked at. And then we have advocacy groups coming. We've m- multiple times interviewed them. It, it is hard, so right? So 1,500 books in how many schools does it say? But it, they're talking like, specifically about these, these books. So when we have someone come in here and say, here's a book that does that math problem I explained. It used to be like a train leaves Cincinnati at 5 p.m. and leaves New York. At what point did yeah. it crash? Now it's, you know, a black man is beaten by the police 17 times, blah, blah, blah. But it, a math problem? Really? Yep. Like We've I actually had the book and we opened it. We went through it on this show. So uh, <laughs> that that, that, that book very, shouldn't be there. I agree. And, and school board should just say this book does, yeah, shouldn't I, be I in our school. Yeah, I don't think there needs and to and be I'll, laws that are in place that are broad that could be mis- that could be interpreted by a super right leaning school board and or so super, you know and so here's 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 the, the 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 gain that we get from this show is next time you come across someone talking about something like this you simply say i agree that shouldn't be in the school let's let's advance you yeah. know getting that out and then and then agreed whether it's a thousand schools five thousand or ten thousand we'll just agree okay sure not the most for you guys not the most important issue in the world but that shouldn't be in schools. We agree. It, it seems like it's wrapping the conversation back around uh, the importance of school boards. We constantly, I'm like, what is the answer? Because I'm looking out there, Klaus Schwab, Economic Forum, Global Collusion. and But I'm like, what's the answer? It's local. People keep telling me. I mean, Luke's a huge proponent of local local communities and stuff, but like your local school boards. Because I think a lot of the problems is that there's been very little oversight of what the schools have been doing. Kids would send them there, and then eight hours later, they'd see the kid have a little conversation about it. But now with like video cams in the chat in the school since COVID, people are like, whoa, this is what they're reading. This is what they're reading. I'll, I'll, after, af, after we wrap this portion, go to the members only. I'll see if I can, if we, we have a big book sh- shelf of books of all the people brought in. We'll see if we can grab it yeah. because we, we have stacks of these books that are in these schools. But we got to go to Super Chats because we're running late. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a members only uncensored show coming up for you, which should be good fun. But let's read some Super Chats. All right. Plank says, being someone who currently holds a TSCSI clearance, I can tell you that the media and Biden are gaslighting the TF out of everyone who doesn't hold a clearance or no protocols. I can explain it all. Please do. Do it. Well, get another super chat in there, Plank. (laughs) Michael uh, Alio says, I called this shortly after Biden became president. They get rid of him after two years, which can set up Kamala to be president for 10 years in accordance with the 22nd Amendment. I take Buddha Judge over Kamala. Yeah, Ugh. amen. Kamala's so popular. <laughs> is so popular though. Everyone loves her. She's so personable and she's such a great personality, and definitely worked really hard with Willie Brown to get get where she's at. Culture you know? Abduction says they should have a debate with the Hodge twins, twins versus twins. Absolutely. We actually and invited him onto our podcast, but they never wrote back to us on Twitter. So Hodge twins, if you're watching us, check your Twitter Just DMs. DM, DM us on Twitter. Yeah. And when you do the wide shot, or we'll come be back. We'll come iconic. back to this show, and it can be like. But I guess somebody has to get kicked out, right? Clint, yeah. Clint Torres says, first Hodge twins, now these guys. What is this, twin cast now? <laughs> yep, that's right. That's kind of weird that, that it worked out that way. Are you guys identical twins? Because yeah, you are. look similar, but not completely identical. Yeah, I'm obviously. slightly better looking. Oh, exactly. <laughs> now, why is that? Is that because you got more sunlight or something? I was sitting on his face in my mom's womb. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you get mad that I he says he that? I thought he rode my back. I, I, I don't know. Did you come out first? 
I did. He did. Oh, it was a C-section. Oh, yeah. They, I was supposed to come out, and they took him out, stole my thunder. Oh, nasty. All right. Michael Irwin says, hey, Ian, how do you defend the Fediverse when sites like Mastodon seem to be havens for CP? Do we have to accept things like that for your decentralized internet? Yeah, really. How do you accept the world when you know that people are being trafficked around it? Um, I... That's a great question. The, the horrors of humanity are exposed on the internet. I don't know if there's a solution. So, so, so DSO, I was talking to you about DSO, which is DSO.com, Decentralized Social Media. What they do is they have a database, a blockchain, and you know all that data can get into the blockchain, but people can flag it, and the apps that are running on that blockchain can choose what they want to show or not. So they could say, f post flagged by Tim or flagged by X amount of people just won't show on my node. So... I think there is a solution. I think we'll get there. Use like well, a government. Yeah, I to mean, command. if someone posts something illegal, they should be dealt with by the yeah, uh, authorities. But, but, the uh, authorities, though, are aiding and abetting a lot of this stuff, which is disgusting. So that's the first place that I would look into. And I want to add this: How do you defend highways when people in cars traffic children on highways? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not going to blame the Fediverse because bad people do bad things. We got to stop bad people from doing bad things. Yeah, but I mean, you don't want to randomly see bad things either, because then you're no, for doing sure. something bad. You know? Well, I mean, like. We got to think about it. If, if you're driving on the highway and you see someone committing a crime, you, you report it. You right. know what I mean? Like, hey, stop. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All right. Let's see. Definitely check out DSO.com. Yeah, tell me like about DSO really quick. Yeah, yeah. So it's decentralized social media. And and basically where you have uh, the, the data is actually decentralized on a blockchain. And you can have different nodes. So you can have like Twitter.com. You got Brian.com. We can pull up that data and censor it however we want. But that data can never be fully censored because it's on the blockchain and anybody can pull it up. So it kind of solves this censorship debate. All right, Midas says, the intent argument is invalid. Comey did the same garbage where he read intent into a law that didn't have it. Trump was perfectly legal. He was the president. Biden was VP. Only if he classified the documents can he take them. Except I, for the George Bush, you know, yeah. executive no, that, that's, order. That's literally it. That's the George well, W. Bush executive uh, order. Or if he was in a supervisory, well, what's the definition yeah, what of that? I think, you know, I, I, think I think what they're basically saying is that if it was classified by someone under him, as he was supervising. I read it as if, it, if he classified it, he could appoint someone under him to unclassify it at any point. It's hard. Like, I, I think it, it would take a judge to determine that, you know, because I don't think there's there's not a law that says anything about supervisory role. Right. So I accept that executive order, but it ex doesn't explain what it is. doesn't mean a supervisor of if you're it's your supervisor in the CIA. Like, I don't know. So that'll be interesting to see. Plank continues. I hear a lot of speculation and false assumptions in this convo. There's plenty of people who have active clearances in here that can can explain everything, including myself. Also, intent doesn't matter. Well, you didn't give me what I wanted, Plank, but thanks for your Well, that was because that was an old oh, one. Oh, that was an old like one. Okay, you're on it. Yeah, thanks. we're not going to be able to see anything new from Plank until right. we get to the bottom. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see. Uh, a lot of people don't like you. Just, you know. Yeah, I, I kind of figure that. Victor Draco says, the Krasenstein bros' voices sound exactly like what I imagine every Trump reply guy's voice sounds like. Thank you both for all Do your gaslighting. Do you want to hear a really quick funny story? <laughs> is that when I first met my wife... She called me Michael Jackson because of my voice. She told her sister, oh, yeah, I'm going out with Michael Jackson again tonight. So I know I have a kind of a <laughs> weird voice. I can't help it, but hey, I'm I here don't talking. I that right? weird. Do you sing I mean, too? It kind of sounds like mine. I don't sing. Oh, nice. Yeah, here's what I don't understand. It's like uh, the people who are, who are chatting that they're upset you're here, but who also complain that we can't get more <laughs> Democrats to come on the show and talk with us. And I'm like, what do you mean? This is awesome. I'm glad you guys are here. I'll come I, whenever you want. I'll be yeah. here whenever you want. We should, we should have you on with some other people and we'll have more conversations. Sure. Are you in Florida too? Yeah. 
We lived like four houses from each other. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Marty Smith Fansu says the CHIP Act was nothing but a transfer of taxpayer dollars to companies not in the U.S., nor any who are coming to the U.S. D.C. rewards their cronies. I think, I think several have come to the U.S., though. Yeah, or, I thought, or brought or open manufacturing yeah. plants in the U.S. I thought that was the point. It was we yeah. we have to get our chip manufacturing away from Taiwan because we're about to lose Taiwan. Right, I could be wrong. All right, Bad Andy says, Tim, I appreciate you bringing on different voices. However, I'm now more concerned for the future of this country than ever. Well, that wasn't the intent. <laughs> I think of these deep debates with people you don't agree with as like pulling open the wound to see how festering it is so that you can clean it out. It's not pretty. It's never pretty. That, but that's the point. That's but, why it hasn't yeah, happened. Exactly. But this is so mild. Like we, we, we could we have been so much worse. I mean, there's other people it's who so come much on better. and would like hey, stand up and smack a microphone. <laughs> I, could yeah, I could just walk out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we, have a, we had a civil discussion. We didn't get personal. We didn't call each other names. That's awesome. I think we yeah, need exactly. more of that to I understand where, where we're all coming exactly. from. So. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Krasenstein brothers, thank you for coming. You stated Trump lied about the docs. That's a lie. You say Biden apprehended more illegals than Trump. Well, duh, it's porous. You say we need 87,000 more IRS agents. Why? So his, his attorney lied about the docs representing him. She signed a certification saying all the docs have been turned over and we've looked everywhere. So was she just wrong? We didn't talk about taxes. Well, I mean, I mean, she didn't have to sign. She could say we still haven't looked everywhere. So I mean, well, what if she thought they looked everywhere? That, that, this is the issue with perjury. It's like, how do you prove someone intentionally yeah, I, lied? That, that's true. I mean, it, well, let's talk about the 87,000 agents. You think we need more IRS agents? I, you know, like, I, I do think that we need to catch tax cheats, corporations that are not spending. But you don't need 87,000 agents. I, I, for, I don't know. We do. I, I. The IRS I, I, goes I after poor people to, more than they do rich people. I, I don't. I think that if we have that many more agents, I think they have. To, it has to be in a way that they're going to be going after the wealthy, not the middle. class. I mean, that's what Biden said. Intent is: is he going to ensure that somehow? Who knows? Put it in a bill. And, and What's going to happen? But then a Republican's going to take over, and he's going to weaponize those IRS agents against you guys, right? Do you guys want <laughs> who that? Who knows? You know. <laughs> No, we, we do know. They do it all the time. They like, do it all the time. Well, That's how they get away. It's like Republicans are now super angry about empowering the intelligence agencies because they're going after Trump. And they're like, oh, no, what have we done? Well, 10 years ago, you guys <laughs> thought this would be a good idea. And Democrats warned you. And yeah. then you had like Harry Reid with the nuclear option and the, and the Senate yeah. con- and the, yeah. and confirmations. Yeah. And then McConnell was like, we warned you. And it, it just, you know. Yeah, when it comes to the IRS, I don't know how they're going to handle like uh, Panamanian bank accounts. Those things yeah. are off. And cryptocurrency, all that stuff, you know. They're going to go after all, all the poor people, just like they are already. <laughs> Definitely don't agree with that. All right, let's grab some more. Kyle Miller says, this episode proves Michael Malice right. We need a peaceful divorce. We are looking at the same screen and seeing two different movies. Not sure how long this can keep up. And I think that's due to confirmation bias. You see what you want to believe. You believe what you want to see. I think it's uh, partly, yes, I agree. But I think, you know, going to the cultural issues, there's a big component. Like you guys were saying, you don't care that much about social issues. But Well, I, I do. Did I, I didn't say what, that. You, are, are you, I, I forgot how you said, you said conservatives care too much about them or they focus yeah, too yeah, heavily I, on them. I, I think that they, they blow them out of proportion sometimes. I think they take a low number of issues and make it out to paint a picture of the entire Democratic Party. And, and, yeah. and I, I think that the left does the same to the right as well for other things. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a... I, think, I mean, it's how you get an advantage. That's how you convince people not to vote for their party is by fear-mongering. I, and I think both parties do it. But I mean, if you take a look at um, how Democrats vote, they vote in lockstep. 
right? And they, and they brag about it. Like, we're unified and we all vote for the exact same things. Blue no matter who. Yeah, so it's like, if there is an issue that we're concerned with as it pertains to free speech, for instance, it's a social issue. Yeah, but it's the fabric of, like, like big tech censorship going on for over a decade. And you brought it up and you were smeared and lied about. I had so many big institutions, universities make up fake stories about me. And then it's like, oh, you're blowing a small thing out of proportion. It's like, well, look where we are 10 years later. The, the government intervened to subvert an election. Okay, so, so, so but, but what do you think the solution is? Is the solution for the government to intervene and say, hey, these corporations can't be censoring people? I, I, I think it goes both ways. So, so you yes. can have the government saying corporations who are private companies can't create their own rules. Isn't that going it's against negative, isn't that, it's isn't negative that curtailing their free speech? No, yeah, no, they no, still have free speech. No, that's it, not it's, a way. It's called negative versus positive. So the government can say, you can't do a thing. Right now what they're doing is they're saying, you can do a thing. The government right now says that big tech platforms have the right to censor anything they find objectionable and be completely free of any liability. That is a government protection. There should be a government restriction. Hey, we can't tell you what you have to say, but you cannot tell people what they can't say. But you still have your censor somewhere, right? Like scams or porn, child pornography. But right. what's, when is it illegal? Do you wait for a judge to decide on it? Yes, okay. you do. But then you're going to have child pornography. What if you don't know? You are. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't agree with that. A citizen can like make a citizen's arrest, right? <laughs> and if you're wrong, you, you face civil penalties. What would happen if a guy went out with pictures of child abuse on a big sign and stood in the middle of the street? Are, are, are you going to walk up and be like the owner of the street? There's no owner of the street. The police will have to come and arrest him and take those. And, and yeah, but social media is so, so much, much larger. It's going to be such a slower process than a cop coming and arresting somebody. Versus people have people have a right to have uh, due process. Yeah, you but cannot it, just it, say it's also not the public square. It's it's a it it's a private company. Well, I, I think there can be debate over that, but but laws in the past courts in the past have said that shopping malls aren't considered public squares i don't really see a reason why twitter would legally be a public square and what if you wanted to create your own community tim cast whatever freedom and, and, and yeah there you go and you don't want to have certain content like should you not be able to the, have uh, that right yes so there's two things the size of the platform and the initial terms of the platform twitter says we're the free speech wing of the free speech party all are welcome when I, when I was talking with Vijagade and Jack Dorsey, they repeatedly said we defend free speech. Lie, 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 lie. If you're going to lie to people to come on your platform and then set ideological parameters for speech, you're lying. If I want to create, you know, you know skateboardforum.com where the only thing that's a lot of skateboard talk and if you deviate, we're banning you. Well, that's, 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 I told you the rules before you got here. Twitter is now saying the rules are you can't say these certain things, but that's where the issue of size comes into play. You've got... When, when you, you've got a massive stadium open to the public that can seat 100,000 people, but the people who are running the front gate have banned one political faction from coming in. And they say, don't worry, there's a high school football field across the street. You can rally there. It's like, well, you have no well, access. Isn't that, to- that's legal, though, right? They can ban. I'm it. saying like in a public place. I'm, I'm, it's an analogy, right? If Twitter has become, I'll put it this way. If the president was speaking in a stadium with the doors open to the public, I do not believe a private entity should be able to bar someone for private reasons. Yeah, see, there should only see, be legal reasons to yeah, bar them. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a decent opinion, but I mean, it still comes down to government speech. And like Trump, he blocked us on Twitter. Yeah. And we were actually part of a lawsuit with the Knight Institute, and yeah. they, he was basically forced by a judge to unblock us. 
That's right. And if that if you because agree a, with that precedent, then you would also but, but agree he that was Twitter a government, can, but, but he was a, a government official. So uh-huh. it was it was the government official is blocking my right to speech on his And what if he had Jack Dorsey b- block you instead? I, I, well, then I, you're going to be it, like, yeah, yeah. well, it was no, a private I, company I would, that... I would say that, that that would probably be a, a, and that's an abridgment of the doing. First Amendment. Well, that's, no, but, but, so but, but, we know they were doing that. The, no, no. So, so what they're doing is they're saying, hey, Twitter, this is against your terms of service. You should blo- you should remove this. And that, they interpret that's, their that's, terms as they see fit. But, right. Yeah. But, but, but that's different than them saying, hey, Twitter, if you don't block this content or ban this person, we're going to shut you down. What do you think would happen if you went to a guy and said... I'm going to leave this suitcase with $10,000 right here on this desk. Would be a shame if my neighbor got whacked. Have a nice day. You think they're going to be like, you didn't just order it. No, they're going to arrest you. No, no, no. I, I, I understand the argument. No judge is going to look at what they're doing. But the I, government going to Twitter and saying, here's a list of people who've broken the rules. Get rid of them. And then be like, well, that was just actually them uh, moderating for yeah, free. Yeah, but so, so what happens when Congress calls Jack Dorsey to testify? Is that intimidation as well? Well, how was, how how, I mean, like, calls him to testify and, you know, let's say McCarthy stands up and says, what you're doing to Democrats isn't right or to Republicans isn't right. You never ban Democrats. And then he goes and bans, he bans the Democrat. Like, is that like, there's a difference between you are acting in a biased manner and here's a list of names that broke your rules. Yeah. But we're not saying you must delete them. Like, so I yeah, feel, oh, won't someone rid me of this priest? Yeah, we know what that I means. Mean, I, I mean, that that's a fair argument. I I think it, that they're pressured, but at the same time, it's not going to hold up to to legal standards. There's not going to you can't say that this is actually abridging somebody's First Amendment. You can say that it's immoral. You can say that it's not right. I think Twitter screwed up multiple times. No, I, I'm pretty sure uh, under precedent, this this has already been decided d- determined to ha- to be a constitutional violation. I, I don't think it will. I, I, there, there I, have and, been, and we'll see what happens. What, is there a the case with a, where, against a website? Uh, not website, but I'm pretty sure there was something having to do with like radio stations. The government came in and said, hey, this is, you know, we, we personally feel that this goes against your company's policies or whatever. Or like, I know, mean, I'd, I'd be interested to gover- see that. The government can't use a private entity or advocate for the remo- like suppression of someone's speech rights or things like that. Well, like, I mean, they issue subpoenas though, right? Isn't yeah, but what's that- wrong with that? They're requesting you turn over documents. And the judge has to sign off on it. Well, so, uh, not, not really a it's judge. It's due process. It's, well, that's a search warrant would be a judge signing off, but a subpoena, I believe you can get like a clerk or something. Well, but, but there's a difference between that and the government going to someone and saying, oh, won't someone rid me of this priest? That's what they're doing. In fact, when it came to Alex Berenson, it was more egregious than that. They were saying like, why haven't you banned him yet? And he didn't even break the rules. So that right there. And Twitter was forced to reinstate him because they were like, "Yeah, Alex actually didn't break any rules." I, I'm not. I'm not really for censorship. I, I I think that Twitter screwed up massively. I did, I wasn't for the New York Post article getting getting deleted. I I think that Twitter screwed up. I think that the FBI. I think that that Congress. I think they overstepped. I don't think that it's gonna. I don't think ultimately there's gonna be a judge or a court case that rules that this actually abridged anybody's First Amendment rights. I think it was wrong. I don't think that it's, it was illegal. Uh, Al- Al- Alex Berenson already won. Yeah, but a civil case. So right. N- yeah, They're not, all civil cases. Not, 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 not breaking the First Amendment, not abridging the First that Amendment. That would be a civil case. No, a, a First Amendment's only, only a, against, a government. against the government. Yeah, so, it's a civil lawsuit. It's not a criminal lawsuit. It's I, civil and criminal. I, I don't think he won a lawsuit saying that his First Amendment rights were abridged by the government. It was a, it was a settlement with like undisclosed terms. But what, what eventually came out was that the government 
went to Twitter and said, why haven't you banned this guy? Twitter then banned him. And then he filed a lawsuit saying he broke no rules and they were in breach of yeah, contract. Yeah, so, so, uh, but, but it, it wasn't the, his, his victory in that case was wasn't the government admitting uh, right. being pointed to fault, right? Yeah, and it, I mean, it's going to be so hard to get a judge to say that's abridging well, the First Amendment. Because that's going to set that precedent. And I don't Louisiana think- and Missouri uh, lawsuits right now are m- moving in that direction. So it, it may very well be. I mean, the stuff that's... I'm, I'm interested is, to see what yeah. happens. Like, it, it will be interesting to follow this. All right, let's try, try and grab some more because we need to get more super chats. Brett Bullard says, work in semiconductor industry. CHIPS Act is transfer of wealth from state to wealthiest industry in the world, chosen winners by government in a free enterprise society. Luke, speak up. Why do you like CHIPS Act? I never said I like the CHIPS Act. Yeah, Luke, why do you like the government so much? I don't, <laughs> how dare you? Spit out those words. Don't say that. Did you have a change I think it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a larger kind of geopolitical move to kind of isolate Taiwan so it doesn't become such an important linchpin uh, lynch when it comes to the bigger kind of tacitus trap that's unfolding between China and the United States. So the chips and science. But anytime act. the government gets involved in uh, the economy, I think it's it's absolutely for the benefit of the super rich who really control government. And uh, anytime the government's in, in finance, I say, get the hell out. So I'm with you. All right. Dylan Ennis says the U.S. would be better if we were still drilling in the U.S. and Russia wouldn't be in Ukraine because the U.S. would be dominant in the oil market. So it wouldn't be worth the money for Russia. Well, I think Russia's foray into the Ukraine was inevitable after the Soviet Union gave uh, uh, Sevastopol to Ukraine on the breakup because they they neutered Russia's ability to get into the Mediterranean and to prevent them from becoming a global trade power. Uh, And now we're just seeing like that's what happens when you partition countries. Same thing happened with Treaty of Versailles. That's why Germany invaded Poland. You split off part of the country and then they're like, that's my country. Lisa um, Presley. I guess, yeah, about an hour ago, Lisa Marie Presley died. Cardiac arrest. 54 oh, years old, about an hour ago. Sad to hear it. A lot of cardiac arrests, yep. you know, in the news lately. Many Damn sudden. climate change. Probably climate change, you know. The temperatures are uh, are changing. What is it called? Um, what was it called? Wet bulb? Wet bulbing. Wet bulbing. Wet balls. Yeah. Bad for you. You got to dry them up, guys. All right. Stuck in VA says, these two are typical Florida Democrats. I have family in Florida that are MSNBC Democrats, and they have no actual real-life exposure to what is happening in other parts of the country. To them, what we see with CRT, ESG, wokeness, etc., every day in the Northeast and Western states are extreme examples. They are unknowingly influenced by the fact that Florida conservative policy is protecting them from the nonsense going on in other states. I'm from Jersey, so I, I grew up in They're New Jersey. They're one of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> When was the last time you were in Jersey, though? Uh, I, I moved to Florida 15 years ago, but I, I, oh, okay. I go back. It doesn't surprise me to think that people would be insulated from things like genderqueer, because I never probably would never wouldn't even know about it if I wasn't on this show. People come in and they tell me about this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious? All right, here's the last one. Callop Harvey says, peaceful divorce. There is absolutely zero common ground anymore. Time to separate. The problem is they'll simply invade our states like what's happening on the southern border. Yikes, man. Okay, well, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a good fun this Saturday in D.C.'s Freedom Plaza skating around. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, like, too many people show up. Are we even going to be able to skate as it is? Maybe it'll just be a <laughs> yeah. huge crowd of people all, like, yelling or something. But uh, it'll be fun either way. Head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have that members-only show. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast everywhere. You can follow at TimCast News on Twitter. Do it. Uh, Crescent Scenes, you guys want to shout anything out? 
Uh, just f- follow our uh, YouTube, Crassing Chaos. Just search for it, Crassing Chaos. We're interviewing mostly right-wing people, so and we, we had just have Carpe Donctum, uh, our first show, and, and it's called uh, Dismantling Division, and we just seek to have conversations with people we disagree with. Like and, Tim. Tim, you could come on the show. And in it'll be like in six months, you guys will be wearing MAGA hats, and you'll be like... <laughs> maybe. Maybe, that, maybe we're going to transform Hopefully not. That. I doubt that. Yeah, and I just want to give a shout-out to, to our co-founders at NFTZ, Dot me, Martine Van Halen, Boss, and Valter Van Halen. Just want to say hi. I know they're watching. Right on. Uh, are you guys on Twitter? We are at, at Ed Krasen, E-D-K-R-A-S-S-E-N, and at Krasenstein. Sweet. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. It was a, a great conversation. We, we kept it civil, which I think is awesome. We didn't agree, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to enforce my views or will exactly. on you. And, and I think having more of these conversations is more important than ever. I love having some of these conversations myself on YouTube.com forward slash We Are Change. Today, I did a video about the 5,000 Gestapo agents coming to Davos, Switzerland, along with the governor of Illinois. Lots of things happening in Davos at the World Economic Forum. Did a full video on that, plus a lot more. YouTube.com forward slash We Are Change. See you there. Just put it together that you guys are the Krasensteins. Not Steen, but Stein. Either one. Like no, either, Einstein. One. either one. Does it literally say, either one? Say Krasenstein, yeah. say Krasenstein, either one. Like, I think my mom says one, my dad says other, so. Oh, okay. It's both. a lot easier. It's Actually, it's Ed Krasenstein and Brian Krasenstein. Yes. Exactly. They're not related. It. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out. Uh, well, I want to remind people to go to deso.com if they haven't yet. Deso, D-E-S-O.com. Yeah, we're not affiliated with them. We're just building on there, and we've been members of it since getting kicked off Twitter. So it's de- a decentralized. I moved towards decentralized yeah. social networking, essentially. De- so uh, thanks for coming, guys. This yeah. is really great. Yeah, and- I, I, thanks for having us. It, it, I think it's important that we can get together and just talk, even though we disagree on a lot of things. I know we di- agree too on a lot of things. So thanks. Yeah, we I, only I, talk about we, stuff we disagree with, though. You know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and this and look, we we invite people who are Democrat, liberal, left all the time. Very few will ever come and sit down and have these conversations. So I appreciate you guys coming. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting the authoritarian and narco tyrannists to come on and talk about the World <laughs> Economic Forum. I, I'm ready to Klaus go Schwab down. shows yeah, up. Schwab and the gang. Let's roll, it would, baby. It would be cool if Klaus Schwab agreed to come on and then he sits down wearing his weird robe and he's like, let me just tell you why you're going to lose. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have some fun. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, all right. Bye, everyone. Hey guys, I'm Sergio.com. I agree. It's really nice to have conversation where it's civil, we're able to discuss things. We're not here trying to accuse each other of things, call each other names, get muckracking and everything. It just doesn't go anywhere. It's it's so annoying and regressive. So I appreciate you guys coming. Thank you very much. I see all Thank these you. conversations happen in front of me. So really nice change. Thanks, Thanks. guys. All right, everybody. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Cheers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.